This episode is brought to you by Eufy Video Lock. Eufy is a smart lock with 2K cam and doorbell that's a three-in-one triple security, so you can have everything in one device rather than install many pieces on your front door. It's not just for security, but it's also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated camera. It's easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver. It's got keyless entry, so no more fumbling for the keys when your hands are full. It also has a rechargeable battery that could last around four months, and you'll get low battery notifications before it runs out. Passcode unlocking with a remote control with 2K clear sight to see who's at your front door and control from anywhere through the app. And with enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. No monthly fee, unlike other brands that will charge monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. This is the future. This is everything I love about what's happening with doors. In my opinion, this is an absolute no-brainer. I'm telling you right now, this is an absolute no-brainer. We installed them in the house, and it makes, especially when you have a family, it makes life so easy, so secure, so safe, and once again, so easy. Search Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. I apologize, I have canceled some dates, but I will definitely be in September, in Anchorage, and in Columbus. Today's guest, my buddy, Vine Sensation, actor, director, and comedian, Jason Nash. Go to BurtBurtBurt.com. This is The BurtCast. We're recording in the man cave. Yeah. Probably one of the guys I've known the longest in this business. You're definitely the longest podcaster I've ever known. The, the business being when we were <laughs> professional wrestlers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> Entertainment. You, you're the person I've probably known the longest. You, Dimitri Martin, mm-hmm. uh, Brody Stevens. You guys were all, it was all the same uh, group of people, the same, uh, you know, group of people. All the same, all the same year. Yeah. At Harvard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Jason Nash. Jason, uh, Jason's wife was responsible for my first TV show I got in television. My... Uh, Jason is responsible for the most fun I've ever had on the set, ever. Where was that? Oh, I'm fucking screaming if you know the answer. I've never had more fun. We had the most fun. I've never show. had more fun doing a show. Tell everybody what it was. Did you ever talk about of, it? No, I've never. No, it never even aired. It was on at one point. Oh, for on about Saturday a, mornings at 8 o'clock. Yeah, and then it was off, though. It was, uh, it was, how would you pitch it? I'd just be like, uh, it's a roller coaster game show it's a game show on it's a, a game show coaster. on a roller coaster it's cash cab but on a roller coaster yeah so you get on a roller coaster and they just fucking drive you fly you around and they'd ask them questions yeah and it was you were great you were a great host you are a great well, you were host. the head writer you were uh no i wasn't you were head writer i was the only writer <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> not it's hot in this man cave it's gonna get hotter your man cave is so insane I can't even. I look at it and then I, I like forget where I am. Sometimes I'm like, oh my god, it's I'm pretty in- fucking. It's a pretty sweet room. I can't it, believe you. They built this for you. I know. I was. I get in it sometimes, and I still kind of am like blown away. <laughs> right? Yeah. I that just this think, came from like it's, jokes. It's, I, someone's yeah. Someone goes. You know, like uh, like 
top five greatest times of your life, getting receiving this was in top five. No questions asked. It's better. Like I would put this up with the birth of my children. Sure, getting this man cave. It was. It was just. It was like winning a lottery ticket. Do you put the birth of your children right up there? Always. Birth Do you my have first to? One, yes. It's birth actually quite, quite a stressful night. I'm going to tell you. Ready? Not not so great. The birth. Top five moments of my life. Pick I can up. tell you honestly. Uh, birth of Georgia. I don't really remember Isla's birth at all. Uh, jumping off the stratosphere uh, <laughs> I, on a cruise ship one time. I put $20 on 11 and it hit. And yeah. I remember when that happened thinking, this is actually better than the birth of my child. <laughs> this feeling I'm having right now, this feeling of just fucking winning was better than the birth of my child and then receiving this man cave. And, and that, what about like doing Letterman? Is that uh, Letterman was not as much of a payoff. If you're going to put like uh, uh, parameters around it with like stand-up, I will say my first ICM showcase. And you did like amazing. You crushed it, it that night. It was. It was what everyone was that before anyone even knew you. Yep. Okay. It was like my coming out party. I'd had a deal sure. with Will Smith, and then and then that's how I got the X show. It, I'll never forget. Uh, the, I and I only say this because this is like these are the the benchmark moments in in, in my life that I remember distinctly. Yeah. Uh, I did. The, I went on. There was a. Everyone was shuffling on at the last stop at the Laugh Factory to see who would go on after Earthquake. No one wanted to follow Earthquake. But I was starting in New York, and I'd only followed Black Dudes. So I was like, "Fucking put me after Earthquake. That's that's my comfort zone." <laughs> so I go after Earthquake. He destroys. My first joke is uh, something about my name. Uh uh-huh, uh. Bert Bert. No one wants to fuck a guy named Bert. Uh uh-huh, uh. Bert Bert. And yeah. then I go shh. Call me Earthquake. And the fucking room lit up. We, Everyone no fucking, way. it's all agents. This is back when you get a deal, right? <laughs> I go, I, get, I tell my last joke about the dating game. And I, as I'm getting off, Kathy Griffith, who was hosting, gives me a hug and goes, that was a dream fucking set. You're going to be wealthy. And I went, Woo, walked off stage. Uh, Barry Katz escorted me out of the room, <laughs> uh, into the alley. He goes, don't talk to anyone. And I went, what? And there were writers running down the alley to try to fucking no. get me. And then no. they put me in a car. And he said, do not go out. Don't go. Don't go call your, anyone. Don't, don't. don't. You're going to have meetings starting at 8 o'clock. I will call you this evening with <laughs> the, the changes. Best. And so uh, I, was, and I, I remember I love calling, that about that guy. I called my buddy Miles and told him. I was like, I think He kind of takes change. everything a little too seriously. Who, Barry? Yeah, like, but, but then but in a manager, that's good because you're like, he treats everything um, – you know, that's like a big moment. He, Can I tell you he, he doesn't let big moments pass, which is good. People always go, there's a... Because we have a tendency to be like, ah, whatever. Yeah. Well, Barry is... Um, and people always go, you know, it's... I guess it's a joke like, you know, oh, don't take me sailing. I'm Jewish. You know, whatever. But you don't realize how much the Jewish upbringing is inherent in a human being right. until you live in Hollywood and you know a lot of Jewish people. It's like Simon Rex. Right. Like I was like, I, oh, yeah. I did not see him being Jewish at all until I texted him. And then saying? I was like, oh, he's totally Jewish. Like he's Gary <laughs> Goldman. He's Barry Cat. How he's did just... he text? Tell me. That's so interesting. Because I texted him and then I was like, hey, man, um, I'd love you to do the podcast. And he was like, I'd love to. And he's like, and then he emailed me, what time? And I said, how about Tuesday? And he's like, great. Like noon? And I was like, great. And he's like, "Where? give me directions. So I gave him directions. And he's like, um, is this going to be taped? Is this going to be like he was very like right. micromanaging it? And I went, I did uh, not see that part of your personality in your rap videos at all. All I saw was this Playboy party animal. And then you see, he's just a regular businessman. <laughs> any writer in Hollywood, any producer, any director, yeah. m- obsessing about the small, the minutia. Yes, and, and then Barry has that. I think Jews micromanage. Is that? Is it? I, I I know I heard this on a podcast. My wife is the no. no you're actually opening something up for me now. Jews mic, do micromanage. I mean, that's like a quality about my wife that's good and bad. It's great, 
but it's also like, oh shit. Marnie's an interesting person. Sure, she's she definitely. I remember her like on like the first week of uh, of the X show, her coming by a lot and micromanaging the fuck out of that, <laughs> like just being like. Um, do you normally wear sweaters? Wait, I had a moment the other day. This is this is good podcast. It's a good podcast moment. Let me tell you before I forget it. Okay. Okay. I something really. I've had a few opening, eye opening like realizations in my life about stuff. You ever have one of those? Yeah. You're like, oh shit, that's why that happened, and oh shit, and so we. Ca- I came across. That's one. why you don't do coke in front of your children. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I came across one that my friend pointed out to me. He, I was like, did you ever play baseball? We were talking about baseball. I was like, no, I never played. I said I was a pitcher. I'm so I'm so not athletic, but I said, but I. I was a pitcher when I was eight or nine, and I was fucking good. Yeah. Like, I was the best in the league. And you don't expect that from me because I'm not a good athlete, whatever. But eight, nine, ten, eleven, yeah. I was the shit in pitching because I could throw fast and I could throw strikes. Yeah. And if you could throw strikes, you could just blow it by them every time because most of the kids and if you could just throw, if you could just throw ten miles faster than the average kid, you were throwing gas. That's exactly it. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. gas. So I was great, and I loved baseball, and I was like, I had a lot of confidence. And then when I turned like twelve or thirteen, like I couldn't throw the curve yeah. at all, so I stopped playing, and that was it. I never, I fucking hate baseball now, and that was it. And my friend said, "Well, gee, wasn't that around the time that you got really fat?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, "Shit, yeah, it was." So it was almost like I had like a midlife crisis when I was like thirteen. Really? Yeah. So we thought that would be the funniest scene in a movie where. Fucking kid is big, thirteen year old fat kid, and he's like on his couch playing video games, and the coach comes to recruit him. Yeah, and he's like, "I'm done with that shit, man. <laughs> I gotta find myself." Yeah, and the coach pulls yeah. him back and hey, he teaches him the curve. Yeah, and then there's a montage where he's like eating too many fucking um, cupcakes, and the coach is gonna swap yeah. the cupcakes away. I was like that, and I was like that, and it just I was like, "Oh my god, that's weird." I had a midlife crisis when I was twelve. That's it's, well. It's interesting. I think. I think. I, I pitched a show a long time ago about a guy who had a midlife crisis at twenty five. Right. A preemptive. He started it himself because right. his dad had had one. Yeah. And but that's. I, think I remember it, that. It's yeah. I think yeah. I think um, I remember you told me about that. Um. But that yeah. That's interesting because there is parts like that that happen in a boy's growing up where you go, oh, that's just not me. Right. L- like. Uh, like when I was 17, 16, I got really, really high for the first time. Like I got high. I got been getting high. And I was that cool kid that would walk the streets, Cobra Tiles, smoking a joint with our shirts off yeah. and just didn't give a fuck. And yeah. it was like, fuck it. Let's throw a bowling ball through the back of a windshield. And yeah. then one night I got really high and I had a full-blown anxiety attack. And I was like, okay, I'm not that guy. Right. I'm definitely not that guy because that – that all that gives me that makes me scared. I don't want to be that. I want to be a good person. Yeah. And I remember fucking turn. And I didn't smoke pot again ever again as a child. And then maybe you have a lot of neuroses for a non-Jew, dude. I think I I, I think I'm I'm definitely neurotic. But you enjoy well. life at least. That's what I admire about you the most. Is I look at you and if I was going to talk say something at your funeral, I would say oh, I love this. <laughs> I would go. I go. Bert showed me not that I ever was able to attain it. But showed me how to live a life. Like you enjoy things that I when I watch you, it's fucking pure joy. Like I'm like, that guy first of all, you you bring happiness everywhere you go, but then you also enjoy things. 
And you like you like to go drinking. Like I don't like to go drinking. Really? As 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 fun. Like maybe I would if I went with you. But like yeah. I go with my wife's friends, and I'm a fucking bore. I'm just like yeah. I have nothing to say. But you're you and I have a very similar. Um, but I need to be around creative people. But you're creative as fuck. I, I don't you... want to be the show. I just want to like be part of the show sometime. And like I just need to be around like you or somebody that's funny. Like then I have fun. Yeah. That's the only way I have fun is if really? I'm doing gags. Yeah. Really? Or having some sort of. I mean, has I like Vine, hanging has out. Vine made you exponentially happier. Vines made me so much happier. Really? Yeah. Because I, I finally, I've, I've tried for so long to do this, and I was doing it the wrong way for so long. Wait, let's, let's like, for people that don't know you, let's kind yeah. of, like, let's kind of start back. So yeah. you started in straight stand-up, right? I started doing sketch, and I was okay at it, and then I had a sketch group. And with Blyden? With Blyden. Blyden and, uh, and, um, and, uh. Price. Price. And I had a, yeah. We had a couple things going, then I went on my own, I got a couple things going, but I never had an audience and I was so stupid because the whole time I was like trying to please like people that I admired, you know, I, I wanted to please. I, I thought that, oh, if I please the people I admire, they'll scoop me down and go, yes, come with me. Jenny, uh, Jenny, I wanted people like Janine Garofalo, uh, like Janine Garofalo. Was Yo, right. sure. I, I wanted someone I like too. her to watch my set and go, I did God too. damn, you're funny and that's not the kind of comedy I like. I wanted her to say that. That never happens. It never happened. And so I don't have any of that anymore, which is great. In fact, when I hang out with all the Vine kids, that's the number one thing. Yeah. They're like, but so-and-so said this. And I'm like, oh, I'm I don't fucking care. You, why do people, you care? Andy Milanakis, like talks about his, the people that uh, comment on his videos. Right. I'm like, you have 14,000 comments. You're reading these? I have seven and I don't read them. <laughs> like, I'm know, blown away that he actually – You can't get into that. I, I, I am so – Laissez-faire, if, if I can pronounce that right, with anything on the internet. I very seldomly read my tweets now, like my at replies, yeah. because it just isn't fair. I, I know that uh, what was... I um, do read them and they don't bother me. I'm just like, okay. Negative ones? Yeah, the negative ones do not bother me. Yeah. There's nothing they can say uh, to me. And yeah. that maybe, maybe they haven't said it to me yet. But maybe I, they just haven't found the right thing. Maybe what did they say to you that made you uh, so upset? They've, I've, the the thing that really upset me can <laughs> I, then this is like and I just I just say this look this is a no cunty zone so no one fucking just go oh that's his sweet spot let's go to that I'm just being honest right now so I did a <laughs> it I, would be the people to take advantage of that fucking uh, yeah. yeah they go oh, looks like old Hercules looks like old oh, they're Samson gonna, oh, they're swoop right in scissors. of course they're gonna swoop right in <clears throat> so I I posted a video with me and Isla and someone just wrote. <laughs> oh, you better get that kid to a dentist. And I was like, it's my oh. kid. She's fucking seven. But I got defensive and I got upset and I was obsessing about it. And I was like, why am I even putting my kids in any videos? I shouldn't even put them in a video. Like, what, what's wrong with me that I'm, I'm being funny with my kids? And I was like, fuck that person. I am not going to allow uh, – I'm not going to allow one person's – it's just some fucking seventeen-year-old. Come on, kid. man! It's yeah. a it's a twelve. It's a nine-year-old looking to say something. It's, yeah. Steve Agee gets upset about it too. I was like, Seriously? Steve, what are you what are you worried about? Like, he was one of the first guys on Vine. I often wonder sometimes if people if like Vine starts a thing and then they go to the kind of like the uh, the hot spots and be like, listen, Steve, Sarah. You know, we need you guys to make this very popular. <laughs> uh, We've invested a lot of money in this app. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Yeah. But when did you get on Vine? Like uh, April, April. How many followers do you have now? Like I have two seventy. Nice. It's That's, fine. What, what was the big? What was the video that turned it around? 
It's just been, you know what the thing is, great when I had 5,000, it was great. Yeah. Just to be able to like do a little bit of yourself and get feedback and then find out what people like, it's the yeah. best. And well, I just been, never had that. That's but the point of the story. This is the difference between me and you is that me and you have are the same person when right. we go out to like, a, when we went to the Dodgers game, yeah. we're the same person. Yeah. Or I think, I think uh, really integrally, the way we interact with our wives is the same. Uh-huh. I feel like our wives are more adult than we are in every situation. Sure. We're the ones in the backyard fucking around with the cousin that's been sleeping on a couch laughing, and our wives are in there talking about, you know, remaking a kitchen. And, sure. And, um, and, uh, but the th- very big difference with you is you are someone that has an idea and you always follow through. I got to. It makes me crazy if I don't. And I, I beat myself up if you're, I don't follow through with it. And then it eats at my brain. I wanted to start a podcast in Even the bad ones. 2004 when I first heard about it. 2006 sure. when I first heard about it. And I remember you, you and had you one. called. No, no, I never even did it. I called you. I was like, and I talked to you. You're like, oh, I have a podcast. Come be on my podcast. Hey. And you had a podcast back when the idea of recording onto a computer didn't make sense. Yeah, like that. And I remember you explaining, <laughs> no, you got to change the metronome and you got to sync it out because it's going to be longer. You're going to trust me about this. And and I was like, I still can't figure it out. Right. How do you get three three mics into the computer? I remember. And you you've been doing one for what? I stopped. You're done now? I'm done. Really? It's too much work. And it's like, it's, it's a hard. pain in the ass. It's such a pain in the when ass. When you texted me and said you could do tonight, I was so happy. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't do one last week, and all I got was people just hammering me like, oh, I'm like, I'm I'll come anytime. As, I'm busy as I'll fuck. I'll come anytime and just listen to you talk, actually. Oh, it's I like fucking... my favorite thing to do. When I talk to you, Bert, I feel like I can shut off. I swear to God. Really? You have the, you have the most soothing quality about you. I don't, maybe it's, I don't, I think it's because you remind me of people that I grew up with. Like, there were a lot of guys like you that grew up, like, you think, like, people think I'm funny. Where I fucking came from, there's like fucking eight people funnier than me. You're from Boston, right? Yeah. Like in my school, people were so fucking funny. Really? Yeah. It, even the toughest kid was funny. Really? Yeah. Like do you think, Boston, why do you think people like, in Boston are funny? Because they, Boston, they want to take you down. So they can't physically take you down. So they'll, they, figure, you know, they'll, they will like take you down you know, verbally. Wait, did you start doing sketch in Boston? I'm t- like, I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is... Smart townie, like no, like like smart townies, like you know, like the fucking this guy that talks like this, but he's got like references, like yeah. Colin Quinn. Yeah, you know, Colin Quinn's like so blue collar, but then his references are like, oh my god, he's Colin Quinn's one of the make, fucking smartest dudes. He's he's probably my favorite comedian. Oh, he's easily my and he, favorite, and I, and I I wish I I wish I still knew him because he's so fucking. I listen to Open Anthony a lot. I, I used to. I, I used to. I canceled I my prescription. I, I canceled mine too. Yeah, I canceled mine because they were. They were. I mean, I'll be very blunt. They were hiding Opie and Anthony. Like I could never find the thing because I was my subscription had started through XM or. But maybe Sirius. you only had Howard. That's why. And but I still listen to Howard. But you know, and and I'm just being honest. I don't. He's not on enough. Like I, like, and I'm not in the car enough. So the one time I am in the car, I can't get him. And you know, I fell in love with. Howard. That's why I did the podcast because really? I like got satellite. Howard is... And I was not a huge fan before. Not not I wasn't a huge fan. I just didn't listen. Like, I lived in New York before that, so I never had the radio on. Yeah. But I lived in the city. When I first moved out here and started doing the X show, they were playing Howard in the mornings on, like, 97-something. Yeah. So I would listen to Howard, and I was like, this guy's fucking amazing. And then I had a period off, and then Vincent Nastry, my manager, would tape Howard and send them to me. Yeah. Those fucking tapes when you go put a tape in a car. Oh, and, my God. And so... Um, and then... 
when he got on XM or on Sirius, I got I'd get That's when I got it. That's when I got it. And his he does an interview. He's fucking amazing. He did an interview with Nick Carter and Justin Carter or the other Carter. Yeah. Uh the, the the guy from the Backstreet Boys and his little brother. Yeah. That I'm like, I would oh, never yeah. want to listen to these fucking kids. Yeah. And I'm in a fucking car driving through upstate New York, mesmerized. Like just like Fuck, these guys are interesting as shit. It's just because he made them interesting. He pretended yes. to be interested in them, yes. and then all of a sudden they were fucking fascinating. He just interviewed John Legend. I don't give a shit about John Legend. I could by, by the end, fucks. I was I was hanging on every word. I was like, Are you serious? I love John Legend. I God. swear to God, I, I don't like John Legend. Yeah, but then he got him to play this like Springsteen song. He did Dancing in the Dark really slow. I was like, Oh, it was awesome, dude. I listened to he did the uh, they. Uh, aggregated all the interviews they did with all the TV stars and then clumped all the TV stars together into the shows. So they're like, today's interview, all Seinfeld. So it was like, oh, wow. and there was all the interviews he had ever done with all the Seinfeld people, wow. but just back to back to back. And I think Gary Delabonte might have might have like hosted it and weaved it in and out. Oh, no it way. was fucking fantastic. It was on today? Uh, no, this was when we were in, when we were doing Stur- we were in Sturgis and we were driving through the fucking... What did you do at Sturgis? Did you perform? No, I just did... Uh, Went to did Sturgis. I rode from Montana, rode a motorcycle from Montana to Sturgis. Shut up. Yeah, it was pretty fucking insane, dude. No there is way. no, there's no. See what I mean? I could never do that. There is no, but I didn't do it for fun. I did it for my show. But um, still, there is no. Um, I was saying to Leanne yesterday. Was it fun? Oh, it was a fucking blast. The best. Oh. There's, I don't hate motorcycles, and I would consider doing that. Oh, it was. I had a. I was terrified of motorcycles. <laughs> what kind of bike did you have? Did you fall down? Uh, I had an awesome bike. I had a Victory Judge. Things like a fucking muscle car. You really? literally feel your balls barking at you when you crank it. Just <laughs> and you would. I would fucking punch it. We were out in crow territory where there's no speed limit, and I would just punch it, get up to ninety, and like let go and be like, no, slow down. It was absolutely. One of the greatest thrills of my life. Oh, Bert. I said, I was telling someone, I was oh telling this, God. my buddy Craig, who who writes, uh, wrote a book that I, I should fucking have handy and tell you exactly what the name of it was and you could get it. Something about being a man. But I told, he came to my show in Dayton and we were like, we were like shooting the shit. And he was like, did you enjoy, uh, did you enjoy what you call it? And I was like, dude, let me tell you, one of the best experiences. He goes, hold on. He goes, you know, you've done a lot of fucking crazy shit. So when you tell me best experiences, I kind of want to take a pause <laughs> yeah, and like tell, hear about it. And I was like, no, it was fucking amazing. One of the best days of my life. Jason, I'm going to open this fucking how, how long is the ride? Uh, it was fucking long as shit. I'm just hoping Pris doesn't come in. Pris is my fucking monster dog. Yeah, we got to get some air in here. Yeah. Um, so, um, so it's 109 in the valley today, these guys. So it's a little fucking warm. So, um, yeah. so uh, what was I just saying? You're talking oh, about Sturgis. Greatest experience of my life. And I only say this because I, <laughs> I know that you're a fan too. Um, well, if you're having fun, I love it. No, but I, I but love watching you have fun. We it's the closest took, I'll ever get. We took, um, took the bikes up into Crow Territory, up through like the Black Hills, and... It was. I don't know why they call them black because they were red, but uh, it was canyoning. We were going to the canyons. We were going to the top of the mountain to get a helicopter to fly over and find some buffalo. And we were going through the canyons, and it was great. It was so cool, and I was like, wow, this is really an amazing experience. We stopped the bikes, get in the helicopter, go over, come back, get dropped back off at the bikes, and we, <coughs> we've got to take them down. And I take my, I have the most amazing headsets. They're, uh, they're um, fucking 
noise reduction to the tenth degree. I throw them in my helmet. I put on Wilco. The oh. I put on Wilco that. Uh, oh, which one? Uh, um, the one with the camel on it. Um, I, I okay, yeah. I don't know the album covers, but I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like a later one. This well, like not not uh not impossible Germany and all that. The one after. No, the, it's the here. I'm gonna. I'll tell you. Is right that the now. one? That goes, it's called and I want to be. Uh, no, this is this is the song that started playing. Uh, this one. Ah, you were listening I got to that on the motorcycle? In my head, that's just flying through the hills. I'm, I'm just fucking doing 70. Oh, my God. Yup, right? I'm fucking flying. Jason, <laughs> swear to you on my children, wild horses are running next to us. <laughs> I swear on my children. I'm like, fucking wild horses? Sun setting, it's no. getting cooler. I can feel the temperature change when you hit a thing, right? Fucking punching it, hitting corners, leaning into them, and I have Jeff Jeff Weedy in my ear. Wow. Love this right here, right? Coming out of a corner. Punch it. I don't care if my podcast takes down because I just played no, no, Jeff no, Tweedy. No, no, you got to keep going. Uh, fucking, it was the greatest. Then what oh. else did you listen to? What else did you Oh, do? this song, this was the song that really got me into it. By the way, what you just did, like recreating a moment with a song, it's maybe my favorite thing. I love it. This this song. More Wilco. Yeah. Oh, I just listened to fucking Wilco. I listened to Wilco, and then when I'd ride through the cities. Yeah. Uh, what else do you listen to? I'd, I'd listen to, this is my fucking jam right now. I'd ride through the cities and listen to this. <laughs> Just like a rough rider. Yeah. You burn the house. Yeah. 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 I said we walk up in the beach, falling in the beach. <laughs> it was fucking amazing. Uh, I love this we went, so much. We went. Uh, we went. Sturgis, we went. We went and saw. We went and saw um, Leonard Skinner. <laughs> fucking no, dude. You didn't. Dude. Amazing! I kept vining. It was Leonard Skinner, and it's all motorcycles. So anytime uh, they they'd stop, the, everyone would just rev their motorcycles as like as their lighter. Just and nah. everyone's got loud pipes. It is oh my god! It was one of the coolest experiences. I go to Sturgis any fucking time, and and it's like I didn't How know. How long any, was the ride? Uh, it was a while. It was a few. It was a couple days because we a stopped. Couple and we days. Kinda, we weaved in and out, and we went different places. Yeah. Um, and we because we had activities planned, and we went fly fishing. I mean, I probably shouldn't tell the episode, but we did. We went. We did a lot of really fucking cool stuff. But riding the bikes was like the coolest. The connective tissue of getting us from point A to point B made me and the travelers connect better than what than I ever have with any traveler. Because you're like you know, it's sometimes you're not even shooting, but you're riding bikes, and we had headsets connected to the van, yeah. so we could talk to the van, or we could no talk to each way. other. It was amazing. It was. Fun. Fucking amazing. An amazing way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was great. And then you get to Sturgis and it is um you know, if it's like I said to someone, it's like coming out of the closet because I didn't know I liked bikes until then. Yeah. And then I was like, Well, I'm into bikes. Like it's just like coming out of the closet. You're like, yeah. oh shit, I could fuck all these bikes. Yeah, like, yeah. It yeah. was amazing. Um but yeah, so that I I I've been a little obsessed with motorcycles now. Cause you, I, you got one? I you know what? I had talked to Leanne about it. She is not a fan of the idea. You could ask me what I think about it. What do you think? Uh, absolutely not. Really? Yeah. Why? Because you have two little kids. I and know. And you're just asking for trouble. 
I know. I mean, that's where as I come down hard and fast on that, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I told Blyden every day when he had a motorcycle. I was like, get Blyden rid of the, a motorcycle? Yeah, get rid of the motorcycle. So wait, what's Blyden doing now? It's just not safe. I don't see them coming. Oh, I, don't, I almost hit one today. Yeah. I almost hit one <laughs> yeah, today. We were, we were just going to the car wash, and I pulled up. And it, I mean, I just was, I, I, didn't, I didn't even come close to hitting him, but I rolled up, and he flew by. Yeah. And it was just, and I was like, woo, that was, it wasn't even that close, but it was close. Sure, close like, enough. And you know that that guy was like, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, I, had, I didn't have any scares on the motorcycle at all. Um, How could they not see me in this on this toothpick I'm riding? Yeah, it's it, but I got to be honest with you, man. We rode Indians through the hills too. Yeah, the brand new Indian chief. Oh my god, it was one of the most. You met the Indian chief? <laughs> yeah, I did actually. Is that what you're say- saying, dude? Uh, I did. Did I met you the, break bread with I met, him? And shit? I met the chief of the Crow Nation. Oh um, shit, man! So, but you want to know something amazing? We're trying to make it to this thing. Yeah. I should definitely. I don't care. This is totally fine to talk about. We, the chief wants to get us to this thing. We got our travelers and we got everything. And we're like, <laughs> we got to get there. And the chief's, and we're on crow territory. The chief's going 100 miles an hour and he just says, follow us. So everyone in our whole crew is going 100 miles an hour down this two lane highway and a cop. On the bike? Uh, no, uh, no, no. The bikes were trailered because oh. we were running late. What were you doing 100 in? Uh, vans. A van. Fucking vans. We're doing 100 in vans. We're flying. With the chief. We, the chief is ahead of us in, a, in an Escalade <laughs> and we are following him. And we blow past a cop at 100 miles an hour. No. And the cop flies to... Uh, he, he's having a hard time, literally. We did not slow down. We just kept going. The did cop, you see him? Uh, totally saw him. And you kept going? Totally kept going. So we, we know in our head we're on Indian territory. Like there's, We're on a reservation. There, I'm sure there's a jurisdiction thing, but the top headlights come on. He passes in our whole caravan, passes the last car, passes the next car, passes the next car, pulls over the front two cars, the chief being one of them and another one. The chief... As they pull over, we pull over in front of them. The chief gets out of his car. The cop is still in his car. Think about getting out of the car for a cop. He gets out of his car, goes over to the cop. As the cop's getting out, puts his hand on his shoulder, says something. The cop gets back in his car, and the chief waves us on, and we all fucking go. I go, we get to where our next location. I go, what the fuck did you say to the cop? He goes, I told him I am uh, chairman of the the Crow Nation. These are my guests. Thank you for your service. And I was like, what? He's like, yes, we will be going now. I was like, shut the fuck Crow up. Crow Nation in the house. Yeah. <laughs> it was you don't fuck with Crow Nation, baby. Dude, he took us to the place where Custard had his last stand. Really? Yeah, Custard or Mustard? Custard. 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 I'm thinking of the clue. So. Um, oh, man. You get some good stories. Dude, it was fantastic. I mean, it was really, it was a really good time. But, I mean, yeah, what kind of bike did Blyden have? I don't remember. So when Blyden, you, just for anyone who knows, Blyden is one of one of Jason's wait, really good friends. Really I, interesting dude. I have two Director. Questions. He directed Rogan's first comedy special, yeah. uh, Shiny Happy Jihad. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, what bike did he have? Oh, I don't know. You can't see him on a ninja. Yeah, You'd have to have like a cafe racer. It wasn't anything too flashy. I'll was, tell you that much. I, I bet it was like a Triumph. I think it was like a beginner's bike or something. Really? Well, not a beginner's, but it looked like something that was pretty. I don't, I don't even think about bikes. So okay, so uh, wait. I wanted to ask you a couple questions. Shoot. So after you go out and do stand up, and you get off at eleven thirty at night. Yes. Do you still have the desire in you to like hit the crowd? Do you do that for you, or do you not do that anymore? Or do you enjoy that? Or do you do the do it and you do not like it? What do you mean? After you do a set and okay. you go hang out for like an hour and a half. Yeah. And you're in another city. Yeah. Do you do you still do that? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you enjoy it? Yeah. You do. Yeah. And and you don't enjoy it on a. 
you do enjoy it on a real hanging out level, not like I'm trying to improve my career. No, no, you no. There's enjoy- no, there's no imp- career improvement to be had. Right. You really enjoy just hanging. Yeah, yeah. I would like. I, wait, I don't know where I lost that. I really? wish I still had it. I like if I was with you. And you and you like it. let's you'd hang do out it and you'd love it. I would love it because here's but what, it's almost like I'm a baby. Like no, I need an entertainer. Here's what it is. It's it, a lot of times what it is is like uh, like um um. So I was just in Seattle and I was with I'm gonna fuck your name up. I know it. I'm sorry, but I was with Big Irish Jay. Yeah. Um. He's uh. Comic. Jay Okerson. No, not Jay Okerson. There's oh. another, but. I kept wanting to call him Big Irish Joe, only so I didn't confuse them. But I think that I'm almost certain when I did his podcast, he's a great guy. But we hung out every night after the show. And w- but what was happening was we were hanging out, and then we were hanging out with other people. And I know a lot of these people that are like fans or, or you know fans of the podcast or whatever. And we all hang out. But in ultimately, what's happening is that he's making me laugh. I'm making him. It's just comics hanging out, and there just happen to be other people around too for the most of the time. Right. And then there's like a special time where like. This a friend of mine, Jill, was there with her husband, and I know them. Or like the um, the the couple that I took to Scotland, yeah, um, Sean and uh, and motherfucker, uh, I'm so bad with names. I Why did you take a couple to Scotland? Um, for trip flip. Oh right. Yeah. Um. So um, Kirsten, Sean and Kirsten came out, and I I hung out with them. But like I know them. But most of the times it's me hanging out with the other comics, and it's just comics hanging out with comics. It's like and you enjoy the shorthand, that? yeah, the shorthand you have with a comic. It's so fucking. It's such a safe place to be because yeah. you're never gonna offend him. You're never gonna. You, you're, ah. You feel totally comfortable, right? You know, it's like I, I run into comics in the airport all the time, and I just I can. I, it's such an easier conversation to have. Yeah, you know, like it's it's a. Uh, is there, there's a lack of warmth in every relationship I've had with a comedian. You're you're different, but I, you're one of my only. There, you're one of my only friends <laughs> that I kind of broke the wall. I felt like I broke, or you broke yeah. my wall, or whatever. Like I, I feel I feel safe around you, but most comics I don't. There, most, there are there are I would say eighty percent of the comics. There are a lot of comics that have that looking over the shoulder yeah, energy. I don't like that. Where yeah, where you go to the Hollywood improv and you and they're looking over your shoulder to see who's walking through the door. That I can't stand. But that's why I just pick the seat that doesn't that you can't do that to. Right. Or like I find the person like Nick Swartzen never's fucking looking over your shoulder. Right. He's just sitting there talking to you. You right. know like I agree. Uh, yeah, and like I find those people to hang out with. There are those people that are just fucking exhausting. That you're like <laughs> seriously, but uh, I know so many. Oh, but like I was talking to my buddy Brant the other day, uh, Brant Tobler. He was at the Hollywood Improv, and it was just like it, it was really nice to be like it's. I I like that. I like that in comics. It's like it's like a shared set of it's and it's it, and I say this and I, I mean this like you don't get it. You can't just, you can't just get it by doing stand up. You can't just become a stand up and be famous and be touring because you have a show and then you can just go hang out with comics. It's just something that you get that is just, it's like, it's like a set of, um, shared failures in your life that they know to. And if you're in the right situation, you can have a great time talking to them. Yeah. I got to try more. I fucking, I don't hit the clubs at all. And then I get, then I, I can't go to bed so late either. Well, yeah. Well, what time you go to bed? Uh, on the road? Yeah. It's fucking really late. Really? Yeah. Like four? Yeah. Is well, that catching up with you at all? It is. It's not. <laughs> it's not. But yeah, that is amazing. I'll tell you what's catching up with me is like I'll t- uh, I I have a hard time. I have a hard time pulling the curtain back 
like uh, in um, – because I want people to believe the thing that they think I am. Sure. You know, like uh, – like, Sure. Like I, I don't mind that because I, I looked at a tell. I yeah. use a tell as my thing and I'm sorry if Dave – doesn't want to be used as this example, but like Attell was my guy. Where I was like, He's the "Dude, best. I want to be, I want to be him when I grow up." Like yeah. when I was a young comic, I was like, "Dude, I bet his nights are fucking insane." Truthfully, uh, I've had f- friends that are good friends with him. He's just a regular fucking dude. No superhero power happens. He's just a regular guy. Right, right. But right. I, so I have a hard time pulling back the curtain and going like, you know, what? This, this is the thing that gives me makes me scared. But like. I was in Seattle and uh, we went. So, what do you mean, hard time pulling back the curtain? You mean like, like when I don't, you- I don't want to tell them all the, f- you know, like I don't want to tell them, like oh, I don't know, I, like I don't want it to be too honest. I want the mystery to be there, right? But there are times, like in Seattle, is a perfect example. I do, I do, I come in do one show. I fly in from fucking Denver. I drank on the plane. I go in to do one show Thursday night or Thursday night. I drink. At the show, and we stay out real late. I wake up at 4. I go to bed at 4, wake up at 6 to do radio, and they just happen to have moonshine at radio, so we drink moonshine. I take a nap, and at like 4 in the afternoon, this great vodka distiller, because I'm trying to do this vodka deal, is like, hey, we've got a tasting at the club. Why don't you come over and taste some vodka? And I'm like... In my head, I'm like, I gotta fucking work out. I have workout clothes on. Sure. I was like, I need to work out. I need to make sure I'm fucking healthy. But then you, then you got this like vodka tasting, and you're like, fuck <laughs> it, let's go to a vodka tasting. And then I have two shows at night. And but there's a part. Now, of how do you do that? How do you go do the shows? I don't. You know, it's I. I try not to. I never go on stage drunk. So like, if I do drink, I will definitely have a nap before I go on stage. But uh, but I definitely have been on stage drunk. Like I've fallen off the DC Improv stage a couple times. <laughs> like yeah I fell off the Tampa improv stage these were all dancing like I was dancing in the middle of a bit trying okay. to get the and, oh, all right. so it wasn't like I was fucking <laughs> falling off like stumbling <laughs> but, yeah, you should say that yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's, that's the mystery Big difference. all someone says is did you hear about the time Bert fell off the stage at DC and someone goes shut up that show must have been insane sadly I just was sick I was with Steve Byrne I bumped into him and fell off this fucking stage but yeah <laughs> and so you like you love that you love hanging out you know what the best conversation I had? We had a good conversation once. We were driving back from uh, from roller coaster game show, and uh, you said uh, you were telling me a lot of inside stuff about stand up. That was I don't know if you've ever revealed that. What was that? I don't know. You were just telling me like all these fucking really neat secrets. That I was like, oh yeah, I never thought of. Um, there are a lot of like I know the analogy you had was the best. You were like, you had this great analogy. You go, you go, you know, every night I go out in the boat. He's like, and I got all my jokes in the boat. I never forgot this. I got all my jokes in the boat. Oh, I love like, this analogy too. And then I leave all the jokes in the boat and I just start swimming out. He's like, and I just see how far I can swim out before I got to go back to the boat. Yeah. And then, and then if you're out far enough, it was the best analogy. That's exactly how I do it. Yeah. That's exactly how I do every single show. I have a boat full of jokes right. that I take out in the ocean. And yeah. I, that's getting on stage. And then I get out of the boat, and I try to see how far I can swim away from the boat. And my goal is to go, I can't even fucking find the boat anymore. Like, to, to your right. point, where that if you do tell a joke, it seems like bullshit. Really? And everyone's like, oh, I love that. When you get to a place where you're having such a real... I did something on stage the other night. It was one of the fucking greatest things I've ever done. Tell me. I... God, I wish there was more energy on my phone. I, this is, okay, it's got to be on my phone. So I said to the audience, it was a mixed crowd, a lot of African-American people. Yeah. And we were having a really good time. And someone (laughs) asked me to buy them a drink. 
Like I had gotten a shot. And How do you the, loosen up a, an all-black crowd? What, what uh, would you say? I just be myself. I'm really good with black. I'm not. I say really good with black people. But like I've, I've, I don't have like I don't. I'm very honest, and I think I honestly think that's how people want to be treated. Is they no, no, just don't want to be lied to or pandered to. Because I don't want to be lied or pandered to, so I just don't lie or pander to them. So I said, I'll tell you what. I will buy any black person in the room a shot. I will buy your table a round of shots if you can tell me who sings this song. <laughs> silence literally silence and i was like anybody nobody and then i go white people start singing with it every white person in the room no you didn't sister christian all the- so i said so then i swear to god jason i swear to you i said okay next one i will give anyone I will buy. Same deal happens with with black people. If you can just tell me a letter out of this guy's name, just a letter. <laughs> Silence. All of a sudden, one brother stands up in the back. A. I go wrong, <laughs> <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Fucking. Va- I felt like Vanna White. <laughs> little too tall. Could have used a few pounds. That's a little too tall. Could have used a few pounds. Fucking best. So so then the, the, the black people were loving it because they were like, do another one, do another one. Black so, people were like, oh, it. they were fucking loving it because they were like, because what was happening is all the white people were like, knew all the lyrics. And the black people were like, I've never heard this song in my life. And, I, and they're like, I can't believe that that's something you have listened to. And this is like, why you yeah. started the show. No, no, no. That, oh. This was like 10 minutes in. Is this a bit that you've done before? No. Nope. It just came it, to you on stage? just came to me, and I was like, this is... Uh, <laughs> it was were, so great. So then the so then the, I let the black people come up and play songs that the white people didn't know, which was even fucking better. Because they'd play a song that all the black people know, yeah. and then all the black people are up dancing and singing and fucking... And yeah. all the white people are like... Uh, and the people, white people are like, Jay-Z! And they're like, wrong! Yeah. It was beautiful. It was the greatest fucking... Like mix of 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 talking about race without being racist, right? You know, just saying like, look, there are differences, there are inherent differences in the way we've all grown yeah, up. Yeah, you did and, it, and, in a great and it was way. it was so fucking awesome. I ended up buying everyone shots or buying the people that uh, the the song that uh, I played. Uh, this was the song that that uh, the first black table got. This is fucking so funny because I Wait, was like, "Wait, how did you know what? How did you look it up? They whisper it in your ear. <laughs> What's that? They would just whisper the song. No, they in just your- yell it." I, they just stand up and go. Uh, so this was the one. This was the song where a black guy definitely got this one. This was, and you're gonna. This is this is almost funny that this was the one they got. <laughs> <laughs> so Devil went down to Georgia. Yeah, Charlie Daniels. <laughs> and so that was then. So I bought his table around shots. But the best was. Uh, I, the, you know the when the black this black lady came up on stage and had her songs and she was playing them and they were like whatever was current yeah. that you know that just white people don't know about and it was fucking brilliant it was a be- it was like one of those moments where you you're so far away from the boat then when that gets done with that moment you're like how do I go back into material right like how do I fuck what do I like hey, does anyone like and then what jobs? happens now when you go back into material what happens you gotta weave it. You, you gotta, just kind of weave it in. Yeah, and, you got to weave it. You know, I, and I feel like I learned how to do that by watching guys like Chappelle. Yeah. And I only say Chappelle because he's like one of the fucking greats. Well, what would he like, do? He, Chappelle was so good at making you feel like he came up with a joke in that moment. Right. And so, and so it, it's, it's a cheat 
but like he would say something to someone and someone would say something back and it was like the way he just would be like like just roll right into it like off the top of his head so then you I, you I, I would find i always have a few go-to things where I, I feel like i can jump start it and get back into material but it doesn't feel like material or or you just find a conversation that you have something about like uh, you know but um, that was really a beautiful fucking. And you, you can only you know you get there are certain places where you're not going to get big uh, big mixed audiences. You know, yeah. like there's not a lot of uh, diversity in, in my Seattle shows. I, I have a couple of new black friends. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I I was trying to put my finger on it the other day. This I don't care if this sounds whatever this sounds. Like, it's, it, well, that's the terrifying the thing. I had Kamal Bell on my show, and he said, "You know what sucks so bad is that we don't ever have these conversations when right. there isn't something hot going on." But the truth is, everyone should. Feel, I, no one, no one has ill will in their heart. I felt, I felt, I felt so enriched by having these black people in my life, <laughs> and I don't know why. I really was trying to search myself. Like, I was pitching this bit to this to this black comic, and he didn't get. He didn't like really get the bit. And maybe it's not that funny, but I was like, when a white person comes up to me and asks directions, I'm like, yeah, you get on there and go on sunset. But if a black person comes up, comes up and asks me directions, I'm like, oh my god, yes, yes, uh, yeah. What, what do you need to know? Grab yeah, yeah, my like, hand. yeah. Like, what'd you say? What'd you say? Grab my hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Grab my hand. And the black person was like, oh, why? Because you have to talk down to us. I'm like, no, no, because no. I'm so happy to have a connection. Yeah. It's, it's but what is that? I said, to, I said to someone, I'm sure I've said this on the podcast, but I've said to someone, it's the same thing when you tell a joke uh, that is uh, edgy, it's about race, and you have like an older black man come up and tell you that he likes you what you do. Right. Oh, dude, I had a, right. I had a guy, black dude in Denver come up to me after my show. This is when I talked about race. Older guy? Probably a lot more. Yeah, older, in his 60s, like 67, came up to me and gave me his fucking badge. He had these like what? this like badge he had for being a Denver cop and he was retired and it was like a badge slash keychain. It sounds really weird, but he gave it to me and he goes, I want you to keep that. If you're ever in town, you ever need anything, all my information's on there. Like you get me. Like he was it was like the greatest fucking moment ever. And then I lost the badge that night. <laughs> fucking <laughs> I was so bummed out. I was like I couldn't find it. You gotta tell like, him on here if he's listening to contact you. If you're listening, older big dude who but yeah but like but that's amazing i mean like and that's oh, how i felt jo- to have story, any kind of the story connection. i tell about the knock scratch i don't know if you've heard that no I, what is that I've, i'll tell it in case someone hasn't heard it but if you have heard it i now tell this on stage so i don't even care but i t- first told it on rogan's podcast it was just something that just happened it was like a fucking something that happened and rogan was taking a piss and so i, I was telling brian and then rogan came in on the end of it and and then it became something now that it was is like a bit that i do um I was checking into a hotel in Louisville and uh and uh I had like four bags and this this young black and I don't, and I, I why do I say he's black because of that same thing the connection right so this young black kid is the bellhop and he comes and grabs my bags grabs all four of them puts them in the thing wheels them into the elevator and you got to let him take him to the room he's earned the tip you can't go oh, I got it from here <laughs> so uh so we we take him all the way up the elevator we don't really speak at all we yeah. get out of the elevator on like the 14th floor 13th floor whatever floor we're on people go oh they're on the 13th floor there was I've been in a lot of hotels with 13 <laughs> floors lately so um we get off and uh as we get out of the elevator all of a sudden the elevator doors next to us open and and w- 5 seconds after we get out a white older gentleman 
like walks out right behind us. So he's kind of like five steps behind us. As we go down and take a left, he takes a left also, and he's now five steps behind us for the whole walk. And my room happens to be the last room at the end of the hall. So for the whole way, he's trailing us like George Zimmerman, just fucking everywhere we go, just following us, not because he just is going wherever the fuck. We don't know until I get to my door, and it turns out his door is directly next to mine. Oh, God. So... This whole thing's been uncomfortable as shit, but now we're right next to each other, and it's almost lightened, and I lean over to the guy, and I go, hey, man, to the old white guy, I go, hey, listen, if you want, you know, we can open up that connecting door, and we can hang out this weekend. Like, as a joke, trying to get the young black kid to laugh, right. and the guy, now the guy's, like, freaked out, and he can't get his key to work. He's like, uh, no, 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 thanks. <laughs> I go, think about it, man. When was the last time you made a new friend? We'll open the door, get to know each other, see who goes to sleep first, and he's like, and now he's like, really spooked. He's like, no, I definitely don't want that. And I was like, come on, man, could be fun. So he wakes up in the mornings, and now he gets into his door, and he goes, I don't want that. And as he goes to get into his room, I stop him, and I go, listen, if you change your mind, just knock and scratch. <laughs> and he goes, I definitely don't want that. Shuts the door. I look over to see if I made the kid laugh. He's already in the fucking room. I, I just did this for nothing. <laughs> I now look like a fucking lunatic to my neighbor because I was trying to make this young black. I was trying to have a connection. So I go into the room, and the kid's putting up all my bags, and he puts up the last bag, and I go in to give him a tip. He goes, no, sir, you don't have to do that. I go, I have to. You brought him all the way up. He goes, no, it's not mandatory. I said, no, I have to. And he goes, no, please, you don't. I said, I do. And he goes, no, just knock and scratch. I go, what? Yeah. He goes, just knock and scratch. So me and this kid go up to the door, like right up to it, and I knock and I scratch. And you hear on the other side, this guy go, I don't want to fucking hang out, man. I thought this kid was going to die from laughing. He laughed so hard, his Bellman hat fell off his head, and he could just go, do it again, do it again. So it was, but it's that connection. You want, whatever it is, you want to do that. And, And the crazy part is that normally, uh, black people don't really care to have that connection. <laughs> you know, like they're just regular, but white people have this guilt or something. I guess that's what it is. But my, I, like, my family wasn't even. My, I'm Irish. It's not that I'm guilty about it. Right, I mean, right. Listen, I'm not going around thinking about black people in slavery. You know, yeah. like I, it sucks, but I don't think about it. Yeah. But it is that thing. Like, you want to. I don't know. But you've had. You've, you've had. Uh, you've always had a fairly diverse group of friends. Yeah. I had, I had, no, really? I had one by Jerry Myers, my only black friend in Brandon. That's so that's funny. It. That's it, the one I was going to mention. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah. Jerry. Minor. I went to UMass. All white people. My high school. You and Jerry Miner have a really funny story. I don't know if you can talk about it. Which one is that? You told it about your bachelor party. Jesus, I don't remember. I don't want to tell it because I don't want <laughs> I, Jerry Miner to. I don't know what it was. I was uh, it was the night you guys thought you were doing. <laughs> yeah, but you were doing. Do you, can you tell that story? <laughs> it's funny. It, what's even funnier is the way Jerry Miner tells it. Because tell it. Be, do you remember the story? Oh yeah, I'll try to tell it really quick. But yeah, it's but, a bad story. It's a, it's a funny fucking story, especially from Jerry's perspective. I, I'll try to tell as best I can and quickly. The, we had got crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> On accident, correct. No, we knew it was crystal meth, but I didn't really know that crystal meth was that serious. Yeah. Like, I kind of thought, like, uh, crystal meth is like cocaine. Yeah. And I didn't realize. <laughs> and also Jerry, who was, like, smarter than me, but uh, I would have expected more from Jerry. I'm sweating. He, I'm laughing he so also was like, yeah, crystal meth, cocaine. Yeah. So, um... I think what happened was that we snorted it like cocaine and yeah. not like crystal meth. That's what happened. So instead of like four lines, one line, one quarter of a line of crystal meth is what you're supposed to have. 
And we had four lines, like we would quote cocaine, like we read the recipe wrong. <laughs> and so we just, it was like a Saturday night, and we just took off at like eight o'clock at night. And it was the greatest Saturday night. Like, you were like, oh my God, am I Bradley Cooper in that fucking movie? Yeah. Limitless? Like you just you're just exploding with joy, and you're like, oh my god! And you think you think like I've turned into another person. You're gonna be different. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be rich and successful. <sighs> and then it got to be like six a.m. and we were like, couldn't even dream of going to sleep. <laughs> like, like we had just gotten up and had a twelve hours. Like at Earth Cafe at like five fifty-five in the morning. Like, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. And not like strung out. Not yeah. like. Not like, uh, like, bing, bang, what's up, man? Like, whoa, yeah, hey, man, we'll be down here. Cool, see you then. Yeah. You know, and the guy's like, it's like one Mexican dude, like, opening up the restaurant. Oh, what's up, man? How's it going? That's fucking great. And then uh, Jerry was up for, like, three days, and I was up for, like, the best two the, days. The best part of the story is that Jerry, because he told us at your bachelor party. Is where I heard the story. He did, and he was like, he was like, I, he was, I got really scared, and like he didn't tell your he went, perspective because he, yeah. I, he went to the hospital. He went to the doctor. He went to the hospital. And yeah, was like doctor was like, yeah, you took too much. <laughs> and then he called you, and you're like, I just got back from the gym. <laughs> I'm feeling great, man. I wrote a script. It's just those are a good three days. Oh, that was so. Fu- <laughs> that was one of the fucking most funny, like the most interesting. Like, because it does, it is kind of a perspective of you. I, I, I do feel like things roll off your shoulders, like roll off your back. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. What do you? Th- I don't know. I never think about that. I don't think you don't seem like the kind of guy that obsesses. Too no, much. I don't obsess too much. I can't. I love when someone tells a story about you that is like completely gives a different perspective. You're like, oh, that's what happened to you. Oh, oh no! And I, I heard that later. I told I tell this story about. Um, do you know Kurt Metzger? Of course, I, I love Kurt this, Metzger. I tell the story about Kurt Metzger that is my favorite story ever. I really like him. And he, um, and we were in Montreal, and I started telling the story, and he was in the room because it's my favorite Kurt Metzger story. And he's like, "Hey, man, I get done telling the story." He goes, "Can I tell you something?" He's like, "You know, um, Jay and I don't want to break your heart, but because Jay Oakson's the one that told me the story." Yeah. And he goes, "But that's not how it happened." And he goes, "And we didn't want to let you down because we know that's your favorite story." Oh no way! But that's not how it happened at all. Oh no! And I was like, "Are you fucking serious?" And he was like, "Yeah." He was like, we, you know. Wait, which uh, story was this? Oh, it's my favorite fucking Kurt Metzger story. Kurt, I, clearly, I am adding way too much backstory into this story. That I, how hilarious. how would I ever have any perspective of any of this? Sure. But this is right when we all start. Oh, like they they were in from Philly, and I had been working the door at the Boston Comedy Club, and we were um we were all hanging out late night, like all every night we'd all hang out at the Bagot Inn underneath the Boston Comedy Club. Yeah. Patrice, Kurt, Big J. Louis Schaefer, uh, maybe Bobby if he was floating around, maybe, maybe um, Tony Woods, Godfrey, whoever was doing the late set would all everyone would end up down there because that's where we'd just take all the girls. Right. Um, so, but you, I never really saw like Norton. Norton never he was always at the cellar. But um, and so Jay and I were hanging out with Kurt, and I learned a lot about Kurt, like that he was uh, not a Mennonite, but a uh, Christian scientist, Christian Scientology, Christian. Yeah. It was a thing that you can't go to the doctor if you're sick, and yeah. they don't celebrate birthdays. Mm-hmm. That whatever that is, Christian scientist, yeah, Christ- Christian scientist. So he got a cat when he he stopped following the religion, moved to New York to you know doing stand up. He got a cat, 
had this very sheltered kind of upbringing a tad bit, but he got this cat. Him and Jay were living together, and then him and Jay had to move out. And Jay was like stressing about it for like the week leading up. He's like, man, yeah, I don't know what the fuck Kurt's going to do with this cat because his the place he's moving to doesn't let him take cats. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not fucking taking the cat. I never wanted the cat in the first place. Jay Strums strolls into the fucking club one night just stomping like, fucking Kurt. And I go, what? And he goes, he fucking let the cat go. I go, what? He goes, he let it go. We live in fucking Queens. You can't just let a cat go. He's fucking stomping at the front door. You got to get out of here, you stupid cat. And just like 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 that, that fucking orphan Annie. Get, get away, stupid dog. Stupid cat, just run away. And I could not stop laughing because I kept envisioning Kurt just stomping his foot in his pajamas going, get away, cat. I don't love you anymore. It's not working. The truth of the story is Kurt gave the cat to his dad. But I just love that story so much that I, 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 it made me laugh so hard envisioning Kurt doing that. And Kurt's like, yeah, I give it to my cat. And then he tells the story. He's like, yeah, my, my parents, you know, like it was a very depressing story when I heard it. I, I, I think he told it on um, Pete Holmes's podcast. But, uh, it, but it was one of my favorite Kurt's. Kurt's written really interesting. What did dude. you add to it? I have no, fu- apparently everything. Oh, really? Apparently none of that happened. <laughs> Like I guess I guess I'm sh- I've done this before where someone tells me a story and then I stop them and I start telling the end <laughs> where like they'll go like Tom Segura does it all the time they'll tell me a story and I'll go and I go and then this happened yeah like or, or I'll, just as Will a comic right? like, improving an an ending to it but I forget that it's some an event that actually happened in someone's life sure. and then I'm just adding to the ending but Marnie does that she she'll take the story away like you'll be like so anyways I was down at the deli she's like my dad owned a deli and you're like no 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 I. Trying to tell you about oh when I was down at the deli. God, that's fucking genius. Yeah, it's awful. She just—you'll start a story and she just fucking Takes it. slides it yeah. in front of her plate. It's amazing. You have to see it. Really? She's also great at um, eavesdropping. Really? It's like a sport for her. She's so good at it. I, when you guys go out to eat, you guys just yeah. sit across from people. Yeah, here you be you be me and I'll okay. be Marnie and okay. just, just start, start start telling me about your day. So, uh, man, I had a super. She does that. And that means, that means stop talking, and um, I've got something on my radar, Are you? and let's listen in. Are you serious? Yeah. And I should, wish we'll, everyone knew Marnie. We would listen in for like, and then we'll listen for like five minutes. She's really into it. She's good at eavesdropping? She's she, so she, nosy. I mean, that's like the most, would be the most boring conversation. <laughs> and she'd be like, it doesn't, she doesn't want to be with them. Are you serious? Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't get that from that. She's like, no. That's what it is. Oh, I I do. Uh, do you do that? No, the thing I do is I t- I will look at other couples and yeah. tell you their backstory. That's fun. And I'll tell it to Leanne, and she's like, How? she Leanne thinks I'm fucking crazy because I they're they're always something very that. something I just witnessed on the internet or like something very like juicy like oh he likes to be tied up. She's like, how do you <laughs> like I that? And I ruined it for my director Lonnie on Birth Conqueror. I used to tell her we'd walk around. Uh, places wherever we were shooting and I would say and I would be laughing to myself and she's like what are you doing and I go what I do sometimes is I try to envision what all the what people look like when they masturbate yeah. so like I'll just look at them and I'll just and sometimes if it's a person I can really envision what they look like and see them in their apartment I can it makes me giggle and then it, she fucking like three three hours later she's like you fucking ruined walking around looking at people because now that's all I can look at oh god yeah but um, that's one other thing I do. Leanne, uh, just fucking ruins a story. <laughs> because I'll tell. Here's how a story works for me. 
I don't give a fuck about uh, fact checking. Like, <laughs> I, I want the story to be good. Like, if I tell you a story about, um, I'm trying to think about something that just happened that uh, that would be good. So, okay, so like this is very simple, but like, t- so we went to AutoZone today and then got the car washed and then I saw this place that said like Billy's Burgers or Billy's Grill, yeah. Bill's Grill. Where were and, you? Uh, over in, uh, on Van Nuys. Okay. See, like, that's something right there that's not really important to me. I say Van Nuys, I don't really know where the fuck I was. Yeah, yeah. Leanne would be like, we, it was Sepulveda. And you're like, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the general area. You know where the fucking area is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but she will distract from a story. So it was Sepulveda. We were on Sepulveda and Chandler. It was Sepulveda and Chandler. You know where that is? You know the grill. But why would you say we're on Van Nuys? There isn't even grills on Van Nuys. We're talking about car dealerships right now. Ugh. And so now I'm like, Leanne. So I go in and I get, uh, I go in and I get a chicken sandwich and a, and a buffalo burger and these two ex gangbangers. That are now finding their way, eh. are, and they're bo- both working like uh, <laughs> like maintenance jobs, like DWP. But they're tattoos on the face, tattoos across the throat, on the knuckles, on the hands. I'm watching them eat. They're pouring Cholula on everything on it, just a fucking steak sandwich. And they're talking about getting their lives straight. Now, if Leanne was here, she'd be like, "We don't know they were in a gang." <laughs> We don't know that they've been to prison. And I was like, I knew they've been to prison the way he got his soda out of the fucking thing. I, she goes, how would you fucking know that? She would just ruin the story uh, to make it factual as opposed to just be sure. a, make it enjoyable. I went to a, uh, I went to a, a, po- a poetry night in Santa Monica last week. And it was in Santa Monica Canyon, like the, the ritziest part of Santa Monica Canyon. You know that part of Santa Monica Canyon where like people don't look rich, but they're so rich? Yes. Like they kind of – everything's played down. Yeah. It's like that east anyways so we went over there beautiful house like real beautiful played down house and um it was it was uh ex-cons doing poetry so it was all these white people rich white people and then like black uh black guy a huge black guy would get up and just be like i was incarcerated i was incarcerated for seven years <laughs> are you serious yeah it was insane and white people are trying to connect with it white people were sitting there like and it was actually a benefit for this group that like takes ex-cons and like you know lets them do poetry or yeah. gives them places to do, po- do poetry, and it was cool. But God, it was such a like Larry David moment. Oh, because I begged my wife because my wife's thing like, can I please go up there as Sarah from Santa Monica <laughs> and like talk like, and like do poetry about the farmers market? Yeah, you know? <laughs> there was no kale today. <laughs> <laughs> or talk about your prison stories. Yeah, I almost spent the night. My parents were late. <laughs> it was a uh, traffic tickets that had built up. I'd never been arrested. Have you ever been arrested? I was arrested once. For what? I went to this school dance, and we had like we had, we had someone buy us a bottle of tequila and a, like a twelve pack of Bud Light. And we were drinking it by the train tracks, and then they threw it in my car. And my car, my trunk didn't have a lock, so after the dance, I left to McDonald's, came back up, and got my car. There was a cop car in a Camaro with his lights off and he was ducked down and then when I drove off he, he pulled me over in the school parking lot with a siren in the Camaro like it was an undercover car really yeah 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 and then they're like hey hey what are you doing I'm like yeah I'm just going home I wasn't drunk or anything and then they they go over they, real dramatic real dramatic like in the movies they go over and they go they go he walks over to the trunk he goes he pops and he goes whoa 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 what do we got here <laughs> It was a fucking 12-pack of bush lights. 
like it was so lame. It was like yeah. it was um, some beer. Yeah. And they fucking torched me. Are you serious? Yeah. They made me go to like they made me go to like fucking community service for like What? Yeah, for like six months. How old were you? I was like seventeen, I don't know. It's fucking ridiculous. They torched me. They were just talking about this school in Florida, the Dozier School. Yeah. Did you hear about that? No. Dude. The Dojo School? Dozier? What is it? It was a boys it was a boys reform school in the panhandle that was they would have they it was black and white but it was segregated like black kids lived on the black side white kids lived on the white side and like last week they found like 20 bodies that had been buried there because clearly back in the fucking floor i didn't realize how fucked up florida was yeah like i grew up there and i never i never i just i just never knew how kind of so like, they were all just lynchings they no they were just kids they accidentally killed and then just buried when and in the fucking 30s and in the 50s and in the fucking 60s they were they killed some dude in, in the fucking 80s like they they put someone in a dryer who was and killing they, them uh the people that ran it apparently i, I that I, I just can't i mean i've never had to go to reform school but the dudes <laughs> who work at reform schools apparently back in the day i'm sure everyone's i'm sure with the cameras and everything's got to be up to par now you yeah. know what I mean? But like back in the day, they just would sexually assault these kids and kill them. But there was like a law – and kids were complaining and they were like, you know, it's the fucking 30s. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have it rough. Right. You know? That's what you get for being truant. Right. But yeah, I just – I've been obsessed with oh, that. I didn't know that. That sounds like a fascinating book. You don't know a book to read about that, it's not, it's not, it's not, They just fa- – They just found it out. I like can't, can't wait to see that. A week ago. You know, I didn't follow the Whitey Bulger uh, trial. I should have. I wish I had too. I'm so bummed I didn't. I, I wish I had too because I, that Whitey Bulger is an interesting – did you ever know of him when you were a kid? Yeah, of course. Really? In Boston. Yeah, I grew up in Boston. Everybody knew who he was. Really? Yeah. Like we knew who the Traficantes were. And I have friends that are Traficantes that – Look, we'll just say that Traficante was a name that was the mob boss that supposedly killed Kennedy, and yeah. Traficante was also the name of the kid that played on your baseball team. So, like, same family. And you played baseball with them. Well, yeah, oh, you knew them all. You, I mean, the mob was in Tampa. You sure. knew, oh, you knew people who whose families were in the mob. That's why Florida is such a fascinating place. Is that it's got this. It's got a history of slavery. It's got a history of uh, Native Americans. Sure. It's got an influx of Cubans. And yeah. then you have this old redneck composite that just hangs out. Yeah. And then you got these like mafioso Italians that were coming through, trying to take over Cuba, ended up in Miami, settled in Tampa. Like it's a bizarre fucking place. Yeah, it does. It sounds like it. I yeah. never knew it was that. I never knew. You know, I mean, my, you know much about Hulk? Hogan? Yeah. A lot. Yeah, he's a fascinating. I just had guy. Nick Foley on my podcast. You did? Yeah, I've heard him on Howard. He's, he's great. Really fucking interesting. Really smart. Really dude. interesting. Really interesting. Um, but but even more like you watch his wrestling tapes. Hulk was like a legend to us. Hulk, me too. Paul, and Paul Orndorff, me too. Were like two dudes who everyone knew in Tampa, and you'd you'd like go to Hooters, and everyone would be like Hulk Hogan's here, and you'd see like a yellow uh, fucking uh, Corvette. Or a yellow monster truck, or really? a yellow Harley. So he was always in Tampa, or a red Harley. Yeah, that oh. was his home base. Um, dude, I had a house across the street from him in Clearwater. No, you did. He just sold it. He, I saw him in Clearwater. Like he looked amazing. Probably, probably like he was going through the divorce with Linda. Uh, so probably four years ago, maybe. Right when Nick went to jail, 
Yeah. Uh, we saw him at, I saw him at, uh, at a restaurant in Tampa. What do you make of that whole thing doing Bubba's girlfriend? Dude, I, candidly, I think a guy like that has never really had any rules. I don't think. Sure. I think a lot of those guys, like, look, you can have, same thing can happen with stand up comics. I mean, I have had friends who cheat on their wives, cheated on their wives every fucking opportunity they had. Right. And, and and were and just didn't feel like the rules applied to them. Right. They didn't feel like they needed the rules because they were famous. And right. you were like, and you, you'd just be sitting there like, it makes no fucking sense. Like, right. of course, the rules apply to all of us. Hulk's one of those dudes, I think, that was like, look, I was doing the road. I was doing wrestling. You know he was fucking chicks. He was famous as shit. He was doing steroids. I mean, I don't, yeah, like, I don't look, I, allegedly, girl. I don't know, but I'm sure he said he has. But it was his, I, I'm, I'm saying like it was Bubba's girl. Yeah, I don't matter. understand that from Bubba's side personally, but maybe maybe he's into that. Maybe he is. I, I know he watched it. Like that. I mean, he had a video. I think he had something. He recorded it, so I'm sure he watched it. I guess. It's interesting. I don't know. I'm not turned on by being a cuckold. Like that doesn't. You no. know, that's, you know, that's the only episode. Weird. I ever, like, did he want to watch Hulk or did he want to watch her? I have no fucking clue. I wonder. I'm sure he wanted to watch a little bit of both. I think dudes that are into that. Like the idea of being um, victimized. Well, maybe he like wants to be Hulk on some level. Oh, I, I, I'm sure that I'm sure that has a place somewhere. He's a big wrestling fan. He's a real big wrestling fan, and he's from Tampa. And him and Hulk, up until that point, were like best fucking friends. And then he he leaked the video. I don't know why, but leaked <laughs> the video. I would man. never leak a video of my wife fucking another dude nope. that I videotaped. No, and I offered. Maybe he's gonna sell it. I think it's out there. I don't think there's any selling it. I think it's hey, done. So d- tell me this. I yeah. want to get this in. You know what? I w- can you improve my life in any way? That's yes. what I'd like to say to you. Yes. Can you improve my life? Meaning, can you tell me some things that I can do yeah. to have a better, happier life? Because I feel like you know a lot of things that I, I'm missing. No. You got anything? No. Uh, no. You're in good shape. You got a great head of hair. You got more Vine followers than I do. You're. You know that doesn't mean. How old are your kids? Seven and four. Yeah, you're fine. I just. We, you just your dog just passed, right? Yeah, my dog passed. Yeah, I remember talking about getting a dog, and you were like, "Don't do it." I wrote a story about him. I would love to show it to you. But really, I wrote like a, it's not a story. It's like a thousand words. Really, a thousand word like a you know, a, a, what do you call that? Like a Eulogy. essay. Yeah, an essay. What? Uh, uh, I'd love to read it to you. Yeah, you dogs, love, right? Yeah. Oh, I I was talking to you about getting my dog. And you're like, don't do it, don't do it. There's a lot. It's a lot of fun, a lot of heartache, a lot of walks, a lot of fucking. Because I think he was just about pa- to pass. I would. I wish I could find it and read it. Um, what? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm really fucking happy right now. But you there have are. been. Oh yeah, I'm really happy. Uh, Maybe you're dude, always happy. I had a really, always happy. I had a really fucking scary ha- incident happen last night. What? We're at a party. I'm in the back house. Like we're out at a, at the pool, yeah. and um, I'm fucking around with Isla. And Isla and I break each other's balls a lot. Yeah. And uh, I asked her to come to grab me a beer. So Isla goes to get me a beer, and she comes back with a diet coke or coke. Isla loves drinking coke. She goes, "This a beer? Can I have a sip?" And I go, "It's a coke, Isla. Give me a beer." She comes back with another diet, another coke. She goes, "How about this one? Is this a coke? Is this a beer?" And I go, "No, Isla, it's a fucking coke." I go, "You're so fucking useless, Isla." Like joking, we're, we're laughing right. with each other. Right. And all of a sudden, Isla's be- probably Isla, one of Isla's best friends, uh, Kylie, comes running out, and I'm reaching in to go get a beer and, gra- and get Isla Coke, and comes running out and says, Bert, Georgia, stop breathing. 
Oh, shit. Dude, I can't. I've shelved this. I haven't talked. I haven't. This happened last night. I, haven't, I didn't talk to Leanne about it last night because I wouldn't talk about it. I fucking. I have a beer in my hand and I just sprint because I know the Heimlich maneuver. I don't know what happened, but I sprint in from the outside through the f- screen door. The screen doors, the screen doors open or the side glass doors open. But I remember going through thinking even if the screen's open, I'll run through the screen. I don't give a fuck. I sprint into the house and all I see is everyone's in like the TV room and all I see are George's feet like laid, like sitting, you know, toes up to the sky. And Leanne's sitting next to her feet, and I can't see Georgia, and everyone's in a circle. And I have that moment of, oh, shit, I just lost my child. And um, and it turns out Georgia just fell off the couch and knocked the wind out of her. That's all that happened. But I had the moment, and I just thought the same thing you were saying about your dog. Like, don't do it. It's a lot of heartache, a lot of like, you know, when you lose an animal, it's a big fucking, don't, you don't want to, don't even welcome that into your life. Man, I Fucking spiraled. Yeah. I was like, because I knew I went through the motions of the feeling and it was horrific. And all I thought was, and, and it was like, and look, that's, I've, that's, as a parent, stuff like that's going to happen. Kids choke. Isla choked one time, totally got it out of her. It was fine. But man, Leanne wanted to talk about it. She's like, what are you feeling? And I was like, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it because I can't access that emotion. Because that emotion is too big for me. You know what I mean? Right. That's like, uh, it's like. Uh, yeah, well, you feel things more fucking, than most people. Yeah, it's like Bob Marley going, I don't want to look at the thing on my toe. Just it, drop it, you know? And so I, I fucking, I, and you, you could tell Leanne was cool with me not talking about it. Right. And went to the fridge, got me a beer, and we were back home. And I, I drank like fucking six beers just watching TV with her. Didn't talk. Wow. And I was like, oh, fuck. But I, the 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 idea of loss is so fucking big when it comes, especially when you have kids. Did you know that parenting was going to be this much of a fucking commitment? Yeah, I had no fucking clue. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, I knew it was going to be hell, and it is. I I thought it was going to be like punch around and you know take them to the park, <laughs> maybe write a few kid jokes. But it's like the thing with the dog. The same thing you said with the dog. It's like you know. You start fucking our our rescue dog's getting old, and then the dog's gonna die. Isla's fish died today, and now they're dealing with that. And you're like, motherfucker, just uh, can I can I read this to you? Yeah, please. But you gotta you gotta have to pause for a second so I can find it. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna pause. All right, we're back. That was a pause. You didn't even know it, but we paused. I went and got a Shimei. It's spilling. Oh, it's spilling. Looks good. It's so great. Yeah, yeah, there's glasses right up here. I am drinking out of a glass that a guy gave me in. A guy gave me a, sh- a glass. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um,. A I'm guy. not jealous of anything. I don't get jealous of people that get deals, and I don't care. Yeah, I don't get jealous of uh, Hollywood stuff. I don't either. But I'm jealous of this man cave. I get jealous of dudes with young wives. The no, I'm kidding. Um, I get jealous of that. <laughs> I I'm drinking the Chimay out of the, a glass that a guy gave me. Uh, he he carves glasses, and I forget where. All I remember about this story is that 
he gave me these two glasses. He gave one for Rogan that I still have. I have not given to Joe yet. And then one for me. Mine says, uh, I'm the machine in Russian, the Russian sickle and hammer. And Joe's is a gorilla that says um, death squad. And I have not given them to him. But all I remember about that is he gave me the two glasses. And I was like, dude, I was so overwhelmed, so grateful that I grabbed them. And I was so concerned about putting them away that I sold him a shirt. And my, whoever my feature actor was like, dude, you fucking sold him that shirt? Yeah. He just gave you a present, and you sold him a shirt? And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't even realize I did it. And so I think I came back. Or I, it, was in, uh, it was in Iowa. It was in Des Moines, Iowa. I forget yeah. the guy's name, but I gave, ended up giving him a shirt. He was a really great guy. Who was the guy that told me not to do that? Um, I, anyway, anyway, so, but yeah, I'm, I just opened a Chimay. I always I was want to meet him, man. Who? I, Joe Rogan. Dude. One of the greatest him. fucking things I, that I ever really happened to me. I really want to meet that guy. I don't know why. He's he's really a fascinating guy. He is yeah, smart as shit. But I here's feel, the thing: I would is just that like to hang out with him and just hear him talk. Actually, he he's, he seems he's such a weird dichotomy of smart what? and fucking alpha male. Yeah, like, it, I, there's not too many people like like that at all. So I like I, I heard really Genghis, I heard Genghis Khan was like that. <laughs> Yeah, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, a, that's like hilarious. that's you know, and I say that I say that like uh, you know, I say that really like. Well, he definitely has like a killer instinct. I mean, you know, that's a good thing about him. You know what? You know what I like about him? He knows what the fuck he believes in, and he just says it, and that's the thing he believes in, and he doesn't fucking mince words. If you ask me something, you're like, "What do you think about this?" I'll go, "I love it." And you're like, "I'm not a big fan," I'm not, and then I'd be like, "Me either." Like I fucking flip flop all the time. I I don't like conflict. I don't like tension. I don't, I don't like either. conflict. So, but Joe just will tell you what. Like you'll say something and he'll go out and he'll tell you. You'll think you'll just get like a like the the conciliatory like uh, oh yeah that sounds interesting and he'll be like why would you be interested in that? But he not, he's not being aggressive, but he's saying tell me why you're interested in that, right? So you can explain why I'm not, and maybe I'll figure out why I am. Like he's yeah. just one of those guys. It's a, it's a, it's almost it's a very athletic mentality. It's very like black and white, direct. Yeah, he's he's very very direct. He's very like. Um, uh, I could talk about. It. I could literally talk about him for hours. I saw a guy at this at the gym the other day, and he um, he was like a really buff guy that you didn't know if he was joking or not. He kept doing jokes that just kind of like, scared everybody. <laughs> yeah, like he'd be like, uh, after you finish, he go, bro, put your uh, <laughs> bro, put those weights away, or I'll fucking bash, or put put those weights away, or I'll fucking bash your head in. Just kidding around, <laughs> and you're like, are you kidding around? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Your tone is not indicating. Yeah, I know. I that gym people are the fucking craziest. Do you go to the gym? I don't. I work out here in the man cave. That's I good. got my spin bike, my treadmill. What do you do on the spin? You, you do. Like- I throw on. Um, I feel like I should put on my music. What I do is I get a. I have a app that speeds up my songs to a beat per minute. Yeah, and then I will play. I will play. Last. I love I love when you play tunes and then you tell me what you're doing to the tunes. This is I'll sh- I'll pull up the app so you can hear. This is exactly this is the fucking best song. So this is the speed at which I spin. <laughs> this is the song Sail, but it's sped it up I to 157 song. beats per minute. So That's right, imagine being on a tra- on a on a spin bike just just pounding it. Go. 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 Did you listen to this in Sturgis? Oh, I listened. Oh, no, I did not. I did not listen to this. should have. This is at 170p. And then I'll feel like sometimes I go, fuck it. Let's take it up a notch. You make it go faster? I can make it go as fast as I want. How? Why? How? 
Because uh, this beat, it's got, it takes your song to whatever beats per minute. Wow. And then sometimes I'll do a little bit of... That's right. We know who this is. So you can, you can is change that the beat of the song? 166 beats per minute. Hello. Wherever you are, are you dancing on the dance floor? Drinking by the bar. Tonight we'll do it big and shine it like stars. We don't give a fuck, because that's just who we are. And we are, we are, we are. This is the best part of spinning right here. Ready? Them crazy. Now this is the best part, right? Now I'm out of the saddle. I'm going real fast. And then here. Deuces, these you be useless. This I fucking. Do you ever get scenes like whole scenes to a song? Like you see, you hear the music, and then yes. you have like a whole story. That song exactly. I can hear the music video. I, I'm aggressive about it. You like, are. Oh yeah, I will definitely. Um, like I have an entire story when I listen to Tommy. Uh, not Tommy. Uh, what's the. Uh, What's that song by The Who, their famous song? Uh, Pinball Wizard? No, not Pinball Wizard. Um, here, I'll look it up. Go ahead, keep talking. Um, no, I, yeah, I do that, I do that aggressively, um, especially with like, hip-hop songs. I can, I've always wanted to direct a hip-hop video. You like, did? Yeah, I wanted to direct it. Here's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get, say it's like, uh, it's like uh, this is when I first had the idea was when the song Bombs Over Baghdad came out. And what I wanted was I wanted two dudes, like me and you, okay, yeah. to be in the front. What This is how the video starts. It's in the back. You have a camera held by Andre 3000, and he's with Big Boy. And he's like, yo, this is Andre 3000. And, you, and Daddy Fat Sacks, Big Boy. We sitting here at Freak Nick 2002, whenever the, f- the fuck that song came out. 2002, shooting the music video for Awesome Bombs Over Baghdad. Shit hadn't hit the street yet, and we're taking these guys, and then they cut to us. And we are at the very front of a navigator driving it. And they're like, and these are the guys that are going to be bumping it. So we play their song for the first time that anyone hears it at like a really big like uh, event like all-star weekend or freak nick which is no longer and but it's like us bumping theirs amazing system and you got cameraman set up like snipers looking at us <laughs> bumping through and everyone's hearing a, a song they haven't heard by a band they fucking love but they see two white boys just fucking rolling deep in the most pimped out car wow. getting out of their car with lowering it and dropping it and just fucking and then andre 2000 and big boy come out and they reveal, they do the reveal, and then everyone loses their fucking mind while me, you, and Andre 3000 and Big Boy stand on top of a navigator fucking singing the last v- lyric together. This like, was for Bombs Over Baghdad. This, the song Bombs Over Baghdad was the fucking, I gotta be honest with you, I think their video is better, but, uh, but like that was the song that inspired it. I have a whole story to this. Did you know this song? Bob O'Reilly? No. You don't know this song? No. Yeah, I know the song. What is it? Um, it's Bob O'Reilly, and it's like, I want to make I want to make this movie. It's basically about a it's about like a it's about a fat kid and his lesbian sister. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it might be autobiographical. Yeah, it's called fat, it's called Fat Kid Dynamo. Fat Kid Dynamo. Yeah, and it's like this fat kid who has like powers and stuff. I don't want really? to go too much into it. Yeah, but there's a scene with that with with uh, with the uh, from Barbara Riley. Whatever. I could think of the song Three Eleven song. Um, I love hearing Three Eleven in California. 311's Beautiful Disaster, I wrote a scene to a movie. Yeah. I had pitched a long time ago. This was before, like, not pitched. Let me rephrase that. I came up with an idea. 
and I'd mentioned it to my manager, and he was like, you just got to write it out, Papa. And the idea was, <laughs> um, it was right when I want to say, like, uh, Pulp Fiction, like, the idea of assassins was really big. And I was like, I want to write a script about a young kid who gets brought into this, assa- like, this, me, frat boy, like, fucking meathead, drinking, party boy, right. who gets brought into a group of assassins, right. and it ultimately is the movie, uh... That fucking Angelina Jolie was in with the where they made the bullets dance. Yeah. Well, you know the but that they had a much better script, much better idea. But it was that was the movie, and I wanted to. And he was like fumbling, and the song "Beautiful Disaster" was the song that he played when he f- killed his first person. Like he, it was on can the. Can you background. play the song? I don't think I have it. I have Spotify. What what is it called? I'll see if I can find. I bet I can find it online. I'm at two percent right now. We're fucking playing with fire, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> this is much what it felt like to be like in the this is when the snow was coming up up on the pass and your whole family was there and you're like I don't think we're going to make it we have to hunker down until the weather changes and you know you're running short on food that's what it's like to have 2% on your beautiful disaster and I want to read my uh, let me see okay be- 311 beautiful disaster here we go there's a movie named beautiful disaster oh this is great but I don't really give three Oh, Doug Benson. I'm going to go. Oh, I fucking love Doug. Yeah, but you like, does he like, does he like 311? I love this. They're from Omaha. Right? Did I say Omaha? Oh yeah, yeah, I know this. They play it on K-Rock sometimes. They're fucking. I love Three Eleven. Um, Are you ready for my poem? Yes. All right, here we go. Oh god, I get into Twitter. Hold on. I'm posting this tonight, by the way. Great. Yeah. Hey, can you play? Uh, can we play Miles Davis "Blue and Green"? Should we do music to it? Yeah. How? Just for the record, what are the legalities on music? Well, I played music on mine forever, and no one ever said anything to me. Yeah, but right. I guess mine wasn't really that popular either. So, well, mine's not that popular. I listened to Miles Davis. I mean, have you um, heard of anybody getting? What was I listening to Miles Davis for the other day? And I was like, "Oh, I listened to Miles Davis writing my book." Put on blue and green. You wrote a book? Yeah. Shut up. Is it out yet? No, just finished. Excited? This we'll is great. See. Here we go. I love you, Hudson. Forever, boy. Best boy ever. So full of everything I am lacking. Confidence, prowess, without hesitation. Ironic that he belonged to me and my wife, two neurotic Jews standing in the pantry doing everything but wiring our mouths shut not to eat cookies. He was a chameleon, with my friend Maureen, a Latin lover, with Jeff, a focused student learning new tricks. He had it all, golden like your Nana's jewelry, like sun beating on a lake. His face was perfect. Majestic animal, as calming as Miles Davis's blue and green. As George Clooney selling you a timeshare. At the beach, I would close my eyes and listen for the patter of his feet. The earth beating beneath him. Pure beauty in motion. No better sound than that. A wet dog at full speed on the way to his home. You. The best thing he did was the way he sat still. Wind blowing through his ears. His nose twitching so he could get a full read of the situation. And you could never possibly understand the situation the way he could, could, or at least I couldn't. I'm someone who doesn't know if they are coming or going, 
and Hudson always gave me the feeling that he had all the answers because everything came so easy to him. There was nothing he couldn't do, no person or trail he couldn't conquer. I once left him outside a coffee shop and found him nuzzling with Naomi Watts. And the funny part was, you felt like he was doing her the favor. She's incredible, he said. I never want to sound braggy, so I said something like, oh, he shits in the house. Not that, but you get my point. I said something dumb and awkward, as I often do, and she was creeped out, and I left. We had a voice for him. It was a regal, man-about-town voice, and my wife and I used it to say things to each other without insulting the other person. Jesus, Jason, are you going to get a job this year or what? Hudson would say. He was cartoon-like. He was Bugs Bunny. In many ways, he wasn't real because he had no flaws. When I met him, I felt like I had known him before, but I couldn't have because I've never known anyone so touched by God. He jumped in my arms as a puppy. He couldn't wait to get out of there and teach me how to live a life, how to relax and let things roll off your back. I used to bitch about him because all he wanted to be was with me. And that was hard because I hate myself. All he wanted was to rest his head and tell me that none of it really mattered, that all that matters was the air through your nose and the sound of a bird nearby. All that mattered was that hug between us and the sigh he would release during our embrace, that sigh. I couldn't wait to hear it because when it came, you knew he was 100% content that there was nothing else. He showed me that life is so great, you don't have to do anything. Just wait and let it happen. Let it come to you. And I never wanted a dog. My wife got him. But he liked me better because I was around more, unemployed. But he won. Even after all my eye rolls, he forced me to be present, forced me to take care of all the people around me. He'd bitch about the walks where he would smell flowers endlessly, but in the end, it was the absolute right thing to be doing. And that's gone now. Nobody, nobody I know with all the answers. Nobody to lead me in the right direction. No sound of the sand beating like a drum. I kissed his nose last night as we said goodbye. I told him, You were the best thing that ever happened to me. You were the best dog anyone ever had. You did such a great job, boy. And I will see you again on the beach, Hudson. Me and you. I hugged him and he released that last sigh. The last sigh of content. And then he was home. Dude. That is fucking for anyone that loves dogs. Yeah. It's like moving his shit, man. Yeah, he was the best fucking dog. Oh, and it was all because of what you put on the dog, you know? He was a great fucking dog. But you put on, you, 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 you give the dog a personality and you treat the, let the dog sleep in the bed. It's like that's what they become. They're, they're highly trainable. Dude, it's... Highly malleable. It's... It, Golden Sora. <clears throat> the, the truth is, you know, it's one of those... Def- I mean, let me take a second and just... Again, tell you how fucking beautiful that was. Thank you so much. I do not like uh, poetry. I don't like. No, I, I don't like. Uh, I don't either. I, I get I, really I, uncomfortable by that. I shit. know it's it's, it's but, parts are uncomfortable, but no, but no, but that did not make me uncomfortable. It made me feel. It really kind of pulled me into it, and thought I felt like, fuck, like I'm, like I lay with Pris in bed, and you know, yeah. she needs to be like on like on you. <clears throat> she's 100 fucking almost 140 pounds so when she gets on you it's like a fucking human being that dog's huge but it's like but it it the truth is it's just such a like that fucking devotion they have for you oh yeah like it it is 
you're always looking for the answers. I know I'm trying so hard to like find answers every single second. And they're just so content. And you're just like, oh, that's it that forces the you to be life. The thing you said that was really fucking mind-blowing was it forces you to be pre- present. Yeah. They really force you to be present. Yeah, because you can't be a shit if you have a dog. Like you're, If you're like the 20-something guy and you're starting with a girlfriend and then you have like a pet, that's like, that's a lock-in on you, brother. Yeah. You know, you gotta, you can't just take off for the weekend. Now you have a pet and it starts to happen and, you know. It's, it's, it uh, makes you be present. It makes you be around and. But the, but the concept of. Because a lot of guys just want to check out. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to check out so badly when Marty got that fucking dog. Some people was, have kids and check out. Yeah, I know. And I would never do that. But I got, she got that dog and I was like, fuck this. I got to get out of here. And then. I yeah. love that. I love that. I love the pr- the premise of everyone. Everyone, do you want some more of this? No, man. No. Everyone has a dog voice. Everyone's oh, I love dog, that. Yeah. Do you have a dog voice? Uh, Leanne does. Leanne does. Uh, Leanne does all the voices, and every song that comes on the radio turns into a. I got ninety nine problems, but a pooch ain't one. <laughs> and so, she'll any song that comes out, she turns into a pooch is the catchphrase, or fuzzy britches, and that's her cat. <clears throat> but it's uh, it's really fascinating, man. I you know I, I like you can't tell people. I know, like when I tell people about my dog voice, you cannot tell tell people about your dog voice. It's just not. It doesn't. It's it like just trying doesn't to explain, translate. Trying to, trying to tell someone a dream. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It just doesn't translate. Because um, I know when I do, people look at me like, "What are you crazy?" But yeah, you know what's interesting is that I had a lab in college, Abigail, and uh, and the, I would I tell stories to the girls about Abigail because I because I, I had adventures with this dog. Sure, like I had real me and this dog were like best friends for fucking seven <laughs> years that I was in college. I mean, we did everything together. And Seriously, fucking, best friend, you liked him better than do, you liked him better than the kids you went to college with. Fucking, let me tell you something. Yeah, did you? Yeah. Yeah, if I had to choose, <laughs> that's some if, talk. If I had to choose uh, to relive one day of my college experience, yeah. I would spend the day with Abigail out at the park, and we'd fucking stay home late night, eat pizza, watch fucking Fletch, and she just was like so devoted. She fucking she was big too. She was half Rottweiler, half uh, Lab. That's but a good the, mix. but the but the great thing about um, the Retrievers is that they the playing with them and, and them running on the beach. And watching them just joyous like that, Pris is not Pris is not a running dog. She sleeps maybe eighteen hours a day. I mean, she literally she's sleeping right now. She'll wake up to bark if someone comes in the house, and that's it. Right back to bed, <laughs> like almost like almost like a drunk dad who's passed out on the couch. Like what? Everybody fucking go back to fucking seriously, and then just go back to sleep. <clears throat> but it's interesting because I'm fucking such a dog guy. <clears throat> yeah, I remember going and I, and and I. You just have her, right? We have her and we have Mona. Mona's a piece of shit. Why is Mona a piece of shit? Mona's fucking racist. I think she's going blind, and so now she thought she used to hate Mexicans. Now she thinks everyone's Mexican, so she fucking just barks at anybody, and then she barks, and then Priscilla's like, "What? What is that?" And then she starts barking, and then the cat takes off running. It's like fucking chaos. Uh, but but yeah, Pris is fucking. You don't have any advice for me. Write more shit like that. Like what? Fucking like what you just wrote. That was really fucking great, man. What are you doing now? You doing you doing any stage time? No, I'm doing doing my web show for GQ. I just saw that. Uh, How to be a man? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you have David Keckner in it. Yeah, we got a bunch of people in it. You have a bunch of people in it. Yeah. Um, fine. Where can people find it? On YouTube. <laughs> 
on YouTube? How to be a man, Jason Nash GQ. How to be a man. Put in GQ's How to be a man, Jason. GQ just took over Spike. I think that was Esquire. Oh, that's it. Okay. Oh no, maybe they did. I can look into that. And then I did. I have my the movies coming out. I'm trying to get that done. What's the movie? I have that. This movie, Jason Nash is married, which is with Busy and all them. Yeah. So that finally got. I think that's finally getting bought. So. Oh really? Nice. It's going to be on Comedy Central. I think. Busy is that Busy Phillips? Me and Busy, yeah. Is that what's her name? Bijou. Busy. Busy. Like like a busy day at work. Really? Mm-hmm. How do you have you have the most eclectic group of famous friends? But you know what? They're not friends. I mean, like I love Busy. Yeah. I love her to death. Like I, if she called me tomorrow, I'd be so excited. She doesn't call me. She's she has her own life, you know. Like, yeah. And she she's not friends with all famous people. She's got just her set of friends, and you know we don't hang out. So it's not like, you know, I'm not friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I always feel more comfortable. Uh, yeah, I guess that is kind of, like I have famous friends, but then I, they're not my friends. I only have a few friends that are actually are famous. I mean, what's your definition of friend? Like someone you can call. My, my definition of friend is someone I could count on and call on someone if I, I needed could, something, needed a favor. Yeah, I, someone I could call and go, hey, this is my definition of friend. Although I could call Busy and she would do something for me. I guess that's the wrong definition. I, if I could, I, I would call and say, listen, here's the deal. Someone is in your life. I'm drunk. Leanne doesn't know about yeah. it. I have the car. I have the girls. I need you to get my car. No, Busy would do that, actually. Drive me to my She's house with my person. kids. Get out of my car <laughs> and walk home yeah. and not tell Leanne I was drinking. Like something like that. That's a really bad yeah. example. But like someone who would go out. Well, you know beyond. what? You know what? I could then I then if you if you ask like some of the people that are in my movie if they would do that for me, I'm sure they would. Yeah, yeah. Just because they're great people, you know. You know how many people? All those like New York comedians and but Blyden, so Are you nice. still are you still hanging out with Blyden at all? Yeah, Blyden is one of the more interesting group friends that you, you always have. ask about Blyden because you know why? Yeah. Can I tell you why? Yeah, uh, I know he's fascinating. Well, no, this is why. Um, when we went to your bachelor party. There was uh, it was a it was a very eclectic group of very successful people, I would say. Right. And um, this was a while ago. This was right after George was born. I I know that because we went to a strip club, and I remember feeling like I had regret of going to a strip club because I had a daughter. And I remember I distinctly remember that. Um, and uh, and when we were at your um, bachelor party, I felt very uncomfortable because I knew you and I knew Marnie. And I knew a lot of the guys, but I didn't. I wasn't friends like everyone else was friends. Everyone else knew each other. And Mark and Mike Blyden, Mark, Mark Mike Blyden came back and sat down next to me and talked to me for the whole fucking party, and just was like, and he was really interested in me, and and it was like, and it made me feel so fucking awesome, and I never forgot it. I never forgot it because I was like, I remember thinking there's something very real about him. And Price is the same way, but he's more like he's like like Blind was doing an experiment. I think like he was like trying to figure out what was wrong. So you were the party animal. You shit on. I remember. I never remember. It's like four times he said you shit on a pizza box. This is my you favorite story you've told tonight box. by far. And Are you I kidding like, me? Yeah. Uh, he uh, he's got some really interesting uh, Rogan stories. Yes, he does. Because he directed the documentary, and this was uh, and I, I, I but he's he's a. He's got mugged, and they stole all his camera. He he directed uh, fucking uh, the X show. No, Blyden directed Doug's movie. That's right, Super Jaime. Yeah. So he's an interesting fucking guy to say the least. But um, <clears throat> what's he doing now? 
He's writing on uh, he's working on this, Fallon. No, I think no. He, he's done. He's been done there for a while. He's working on like a new show for USA. I think called Sirens. I think it's about like ambulance chasers. It's the guy that did. Uh, it's the guy that did um, Wedding Crashers. Oh, is it uh, scripted? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this should be good. It's good. I'm sure it will be. What's Price doing? He's working on uh, Blyden and Price were in a just to, if anyone just is like who the fuck are these people? They were in the improv group with Jason that I first met when we were on the X show, and that's I want to say that's that's where we got to know each other. But I met you in New York, mm-hmm. but you did uh, your coach character, yeah. And the line I think uh, every fucking time, and the band Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. When I was a teen, a Limp Biscuit was when a bunch of guys masturbated on top of a Lorna Dune. Uh, do you remember that? <clears throat> I remember hearing that line and laughing so fucking hard because we had done a game called Sloppy Biscuit in college. In, in college, they blindfold all the pledges and they say, and the center is a biscuit uh, from KFC. Um, everyone is to masturbate on it, and the last one that comes has to eat it. Go. And then dudes run into the center and start jerking off furiously. And guys like myself kind of take their time. And they're like, I'm fucking not comfortable jerking off and having an orgasm in front of a bunch of dudes. And what kind of comp- group am I joining that wants to watch this? And then all of a sudden you feel a tap on your shoulder. And it's an older brother going, take your blindfold off. And so you take your blindfold off. And you just see three of your pledge brothers jacking off furiously. And you're like, I want to be in this group. This is fucking awesome entertainment. And then all of a sudden one dude comes and you hear everyone go, oh, and then they take their blindfold off and realize no one's fucking masturbating. Oh, fucking college. The, uh, Are you serious? Yeah. And so you said. Was that in the Rolling Stone article? No. No. It's in the book. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> When's the book coming out? Uh, May. So is the candy not the best thing ever? My God, Bert has this huge thing of Skittles here. This is, it's the fucking DIY people just put in three jars of candy, and uh, my wife keeps filling them, and the girls keep fucking digging in. Um, no, uh, the book's coming out in May. It's called, I don't know, I'm, my, I know What's my- title? I, I think I can say it. I don't know. I, I don't I'm, I'm not going to say it because I know my publisher, my editor, I don't know what to call him, publisher or editor, Yaniv listens to this podcast. And he texts me like the next day, the day after it comes out, he texts me and he's like, dude, Mick Foley was an awesome fucking get. I love the Mick Foley episode. Like, uh, so you need, I gotta listen to that. You need on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, it's go to St. Martin's. No, you need, I don't know. God damn it. I oh, wish I had this shit on like on the top of my head, but, um, but yeah, so you said did that coach line character. I'll never forget it. And then you did coach, you came back and did coach, uh, or was that the preacher you did? Yeah, I did the preacher. That was the preacher, and then the coach came back for the day mm-hmm. and hazed us. That was great. And then, uh, oh, and on, then, on the extra, you mean? And yeah, and that was the day Snoop Dogg was there to do an uh, interview. Oh, yeah. Because I remember that. What was uh, that like? Me, you, and Price. I don't think Blyden was there that day. But me, you, and Price yeah. sat out, and Snoop Dogg's trailer was right there. And I could smell the weed coming out of it. And we were talking about stand up. He was up. on the show? Snoop was on the show. And he was fucking fascinating. He was a really interesting dude. He had a tr- he had his rider was he had to have a bunch of um, what's the fried chicken joint in L.A. that everyone loves? Um, I, I know Roscoe's it. Roscoe's Roscoe's chicken and waffles had to be delivered there. Um, really? Yep. He had to have a trailer. He had to have like an Xbox 
at the time, the hot Xbox that was out. He had to have a certain list of CDs that were in the thing with a great system. And we went in. I think John Moore. You, do you know John Moore? Mm-mm. John Moore was a producer. He's one of my really good friends. Now mm-hmm. he's uh, a very big producer. He was good friends. He, one of Cronin kind of guys. But mm-hmm. then worked his way out from under that and kind of. Um, but John Moore went into the trailer and I think they made him smoke pot with him. And John was like right out of fucking, right out of like Pentecostal preaching parents, like snake shakers. Yeah. And, and, and was like, huh. And he what? had to smoke and, with them. But, but he had, you know, John's like this white bread country boy from Tennessee. Yeah. And they were like, they were like, I, I hit this. And John's like, uh, uh, okay, Mr. Dog, you know, <laughs> and then it came back like blazy eyed, like, was he out of it? Yeah. He, but yeah, John's great. I, that's, by the way, that's my story of how that happened. I don't know how that happened. Right. I don't remember how that happened, but that's my story. Because I was with you guys. I remember John walking by, and I was like, he was like, and he was bleeding. Like, and he was, and then I ended up ta- leaving you guys and going in and talking to John. And John's like, oh, Snoop Dogg's trailer's full of weed. But uh, Snoop was great. Slash was the best interview I did on that. Oh, what was that like? Slash was uh, amazing. They one, the, I, 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 this is in the book this is I will, I will I will skirt around the things that are in the book in this because I do want people to not I don't want to tell the book on my podcast sure but um, the one part that's not in the book is that um, we go to do the interview and the one thing they said was uh, don't talk about Guns N' Roses don't talk about Axel we don't want to talk about that we want to talk about snack, Slash's Snake Pit Slash's Snake Pit was his band and like that's all we want to talk about but Slash had been kicked out the night before, the night before by his chick. She had made him fucking sleep on the couch or sleep like somewhere else. And he had a flight to Europe at like noon. And the show shot at like 7 in the morning. So he rolled in to do the interview for a mess. I mean, he had been up until like 5. And he walked right into hair and makeup. And he's like, who's got booze? And they're like, Bert does. My door was the first. My green room was the first one on the right. So we walked right into my green room. And he's oh, like, way. knock on the door. Open the door. It's fucking Slash. With the fucking hat on and everything, I heard you got booze. I was like, I got cognac. Come on in. (laughs) So two glasses of cognac, and we're sitting there. At seven in the morning. Seven. It might have been brandy, cognac. Whatever booze you just had that you got as a gift wasn't anything that you'd really drank. And we're drinking at an X-Show coffee mugs, and he tells me, he's my wife, my chick, kicked me out, man. I'm heading off to Europe to do this tour, and just bad shit, man. Just bad shit. And I was like, I was like, wow. And then we started talking about Guns N' Roses, just me and him sitting on the couch, just started talking about Guns N' Roses. And he, right now my editor's like, why isn't this in the fucking book? But, um, right. uh, and it was very comfortable. It was very, really comfortable. So when I went out to do the interview, the first thing I said was, um, I said, what happened? Um, I said, what happened to Slash? Or what happened to, what happened to Axel? And he was like, he was like, yeah. I, 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 I said, I said, what happened to Guns N' Roses? And he goes, man, that's a long story. I said, what happened to Axel? And he was like, you know, man, can I be honest with you? And I was like, I, I'll, I'll never forget when he said that, my cameramen stopped looking through the lenses. They all looked out. When he goes, can I be honest with you? Like, they all like, now, this is also my memory. It's jaded with whatever fucking brush I fucking remember it with. But he's, whatever he said to me was like, can I be honest with you? And this is exactly his, 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 his view of it. He was like, when we were... Uh, when we started the band, we were street kids. We started it as street kids, and we were street kids 
while we were on tour, our first year on tour, we were just street kids that had money. And we were all together. We were all partying and having a good time. The next year, still had money, more money. Who gives a fuck? Hotel rooms, burn them down. Fucking strippers, we want 20. Get bottles of champagne all over the place. Get the buses bigger. We want private jets. Get us private jets. I want new leather pants. Have the leather pants come out there for me. And he said, and then when we got done touring, we had to go and get a home and realize what kind of millionaires were we? And he goes, and Axel's the kind of millionaire that wants to live in Malibu and have a nice estate and do his thing out in seclusion. And I'm the kind of millionaire that wants to be in Hollywood, out by the streets, and have poisonous animals. And he's like, just two very different types of millionaires that can't get along anymore. Because <laughs> you, you realize, you know, it's like when they had money, they were all the same street kids. Then they all established their like, time to grow up. You know, now I have millions. Where do I want a house? What kind of style do I want? You go to Slash's house and he literally had venomous animals all throughout his house. At some point, you're going to go, I don't kind of want to go to his house. Like, what if there's an earthquake yeah. and there's fucking cobras everywhere? Yeah. So he goes, yeah, we just kind of grew out. Like, it, that's how that happened. Just grew apart. And every, it was, you could hear a dime. You could literally appear a pin drop. Everyone's just sitting there like silent. And then I was like. And then I just kept talking about Guns N' Roses, and we talk, talked about it the whole time. Are you and still then, in here in makeup, or you're on stage now? This is on stage. Oh, this is on this stage. On stage. <laughs> fucking all on stage, all recorded, all fucking, and everyone's like, oh, and it was fucking beautiful. We got done, and dude, I never got compliments. I sucked on that show, but uh, fucking everyone came up to me like, amazing interview, and I was like, thank you. They're like, because normally in an interview, you've, it was listens, the booze. Oh, it was the booze. He, he got, felt, he felt, he felt close to you because we got drunk in my green room at six the booze. in the morning. Yeah, it was fucking. He felt like you were coming. Down would to never see you. have happened without your wife. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my wife loves you. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, no, it's not that crazy. She has good taste. Dude, well, she's, uh, she's good. smart. She's really smart. Her and Lisa, Lisa, Lisa Burger, Burger. Sure. What's she doing? Uh, she just left E. I think. Really? That's what Marnie told me. She about. was great. I don't keep up enough with people. What people? I don't like Does to read Marnie the do trades. That? Oh yeah, Marty reads the trays all the time. Really? Daniel Tosh is getting his own airline, you know. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, Who does Marty love that you that you're not a big fan of? I can't say that. Oh, that yeah, that's well. I guess that's a weird. I'm trying to. Well, I don't want to bag anybody. Yeah. Who? Who? Let's see. Who don't? I, I'll tell you. I like I'll tell everybody. you. I'll tell you. Let me put it this way. I'll tell you people I'm a fan of that my wife doesn't get. Who? Ready for this one? Yeah. Zach. Your wife doesn't get Zach. Doesn't get it. I don't know. I, she, my wife gets Zach. She went and saw him do stand up. She didn't like it. Didn't laugh once. Until his last joke. Last joke was, well, you know it's time to do laundry when you get out of the shower and dry off with a shoe. And Leanne fucking fell apart laughing. She was like, uh, does not particularly find Tosh funny. No, I think Tosh is funny. I think Tosh is fucking amazing. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, uh, my buddy Tom Skurr just did a gig with him. Yeah. Talk about fucking great. Yeah. F- fucking private jet. Yeah. Into fucking Vegas, just in time for the Friday show. Hang out all day Saturday at the pool, chill out, steaks, lobster, whatever, champagne. Then next that night, do a show, get done the show, out of the green room, into a limo, to the jet, fly back to L.A. Wow. Dude, that's how I could do the road. I could do the road <laughs> like that for the rest of my fucking life. Ugh. You could put me in and out of jets for the rest of my fucking life. I would do it in a heartbeat. No questions asked. I'd want a motorcycle to take me to my jet. The only thing that's been so the one thing that's been so interesting about Vine is it's the first time I had an audience and it's the first time I can like I can see who it is. Really? Yeah, like you can kind of see who it is. Who's your who's your audience? Well, on there it's teenagers. Really? Yeah. That's fucking where do they think like 
on there it's like people that are like 10 to like in 19 really yeah so pretty much that's why my kid vines aren't working they don't want to see kids i'm just gonna do more vines about my dick it's girls it's girls yeah like there's there's things that i will do on there that i think are funny that are like you know stab at girls a little bit they don't do well really no like i did a thing i did a guy um I did a gym. I did a fitness instructor who's misogynistic. Yeah, and it was like, okay, uh, you know, Ariel had the most reps in class, but she's a girl, so that doesn't really count. But good job, Ariel. You know, like, yeah. And they, people, and it was. I think it was really funny, and no one liked it. So okay, okay, that make, weird, it, it, it makes mine's sense. A weird, stupid, stupid, stupid. Like I love Crystalia because he just bags on the app. He goes. He goes, guys, I, wh- why would I get upset about your comments? He goes, it's an app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like. <clears throat> That's why that's so cute. Yeah. Works so well because that fucking all little girls are probably doing that all through school. Right. So cute. Right. It's cute. Yeah. That one I don't get. Uh, I, 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 I get. But I like all his other stuff. The best one is Jordan Burt. Jordan Burt's the best. He's good. He's really funny. Um, he does do I, when good I, things. I saw you with. Um, What's the girl, Brittany Furloin? Yeah, Brittany used to be like this comedian's girlfriend. Who? She would just hang around. She used to go out with Josh Adam Myers and and she was always great. And then <clears throat> she was just like hanging around. She would just hang around the clubs and she was always so nice. And you're like, oh yeah, she seems funny. But I had no idea how funny She's she great. was. She's great. And then I know that another girl, Mabry. Sunny. Sunny Mabry. Great. Beautiful. And yeah, she's God. really pretty. She's so pretty. Uh, I follow porn stars on Vine. Oh, tell me some porn stars to follow. Dude, I'm just going to give you my two favorite. And I say this, I, I, I'm going to... Have you seen Terrio? Who's that? The little, little black kid, Terrio. He's like, oh, Bert, you've got to see Terrio like right now. I don't have fucking... He, pull him up on yours. He's like 10 years old. What? He is built he's like a... Ma- that, he's not the kid that was dancing. I think he has like maybe a hit song. What? And they, does he have a hit song called Kill Him or something like that? I think I might have seen this. The kid is unbelievable. He looks like he like ate like 10 stacks of pancakes. I think I know exactly. You know I think I saw about? him dancing, yeah. I saw, someone revined him. That's, revining is the best yeah, thing he, ever. I don't know why that hadn't been out since the app started. You, you like that? I like the revining. So, yeah, because that's fucking... Uh, Frank, I love Frank Caliendo. He's really good on Vine. His uh, Morgan Morgan Freeman. I almost said Morgan Murphy. He does a Morgan Murphy impression that's perfect. No, Morgan Freeman impression. Have you heard it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Who does that? Caliendo? Yeah, Caliendo's great. Yeah, I heard that. That was um, really good. I love, I, love, I love Simon Rex's uh, fucking Vine. I love Jordan Burt. Britney, here are the porn stars. I've said this a number of times, and I will stand by this. Siri Triple X is great. Um, if you're into, if you want to see a lot of nudity, she has a lot of nudity. Keep going. He's doing his homework. He's doing his homework and he's just doing vines. How many followers does he have? So wait, um, my favorite on Vine is Jesse Andrews. Who's that? She's a porn star. She doesn't have that many followers. I mean, she probably does. She probably has like two hundred thousand now. Now, now, but when I followed her, she made like fourteen thousand. Terry Jesse Andrews is fascinating for one fact. She doesn't really show any nudity. If she does, it's it's actually something maybe semi tasteful, but. What's interesting to me is following her life. It's like watching a reality show where you're only getting six seconds 
of the of the clip. Jesse Andrews, like two words. Jesse G E J E S S I E Andrews. I'm I haven't I haven't been on Vine in a little bit. It's probably her. Is she DJing? Yeah, looks like it. Yep, she's an international DJ. She makes jewelry, and she just happens to be a porn star. Is she pretty? Uh, very pretty. Oh my god! See, have you seen a picture of her yet? Yeah, I just started making. Oh, she was like eighteen, Bert. Well, this, she's not. She's, I think she's like twenty. But <laughs> she looks like eighteen or twenty. Yeah, she's uh, she's really. I, I Did you see that Miley Cyrus thing? Twerking. You know when like Robin Thicke came up behind her, her MTV performance. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, I didn't. Uh... You know the you know the problem with that is that's two things wrong with that, which is that she's not that great a performer. Like Madonna would have pulled that off, yeah, and, and Britney would have pulled that off. And the other thing is that it's it's anything she does is going to be desperate because she's she was a Disney star. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, it's like it's like not. I I, I always Do your girls like her. Uh yeah, they like her music. They do. Yeah, they they like that. Uh, Watch out! Last Friday night. Yeah, no, that's not her. That's Katy um, Perry. They like the song uh, in the USA. Whatever. I don't know. The fucking one where she goes to L.A. with her friends and they got her boots on. Oh, I don't know that one. Uh, it's a pretty good song. Party. It's a party in the USA. Okay. Um, they like that. Here's the thing about Miley Cyrus, and I don't like shitting on celebrities. I never liked that U- that VH1 where, like, I remember going in, they were like, shit on Angelina Jolie. I was like, I'm actually a fan of hers. And they were like, no, but shit on her. I was like, what if she sees this? <laughs> um, but there is, I do respect people who are honest with their opinions. That's why I like sure. Tosh. She's very fucking honest. Sure. Um, the thing about Miley Cyrus is when I see something like that, I go, yeah, but not not that she hasn't earned it. She's totally earned it in her work, but like... She maybe is not the right person to be twerking and dancing in a hat. She's right. just Billy Ray Cyrus's kid. Right. Like it's not like she's. It's not like she is, say Rihanna or someone who, or or Whitney Houston or Beyonce, where you go, oh, that's the kid that was plucked out of the fucking universe for stardom. Does uh-huh. that make sense? Uh-huh. Like she doesn't have the. She's hot and 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 she's edgy and she's young and. She's successful and 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 I and I like the. I'm not shitting on her, but it's not like she was plucked out of nowhere. She was just a f- kid of a famous kid, f- kid, child of a famous person, and was pushed through the system. Yeah, you know, it's that. That's the only problem I have with like watching her with Robin Thicke is, and same thing with Robin Thicke a little bit. You know, like he's Alan Thicke's kid. It's yeah, like the two, two of them fucking famous kids. Not that I. Very What's your good, point? What's your point? I just I'd rather see kids that earned it. Oh right, right, right. Well, not not that they didn't earn it. Yeah. They're very talented, and I like Robin Thicke's music. Sure, and and I like I like Molly Ray Cyrus. When the girls listen to it, I think Molly Ray Cyrus is fucking awesome. Right, but I just I'd rather see two kids that f- earn earned it. Sure, sure. Does that make sense? Sure. I think that comes from me. I know, but you know. Even the ones that get, even the ones that have a a good start, they earn it. Yeah, yeah. She Robin earned Thicke, it. Like I heard him on Howard, and he was like, he basically made all these albums that were really good that nobody bought. Really? Yeah. He was on American Idol. That nobody. Was you he? heard Robin Thicke on Al, on Howard? Yeah. I'm gonna have to download that interview. It's great. And he's Is that like, on YouTube, you think? 
Yeah, it's probably on YouTube. Copy and then, and then he, and then somebody took him on this album and was like, "All right, just, just you, just sing." Really? Uh, somebody had to like be like, "Stop being so serious." And uh, and then he, this was the first time he did that. The big, the big drama on the airplane the next day was that uh, I. This is what I overheard was, um, "Do you know that song? It's about." Uh, blurred lines about having sex with underage girls, <laughs> and I was like, hmm, "I, that you know, yeah, that's who listens to it is mm-hmm. underage girls and, <laughs> and kids that are just above age." Yeah, sure, that makes sense. Who said like, that on the airplane? Some lady sitting behind me. But we are at uh, two hours right now. We should yeah. probably wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. What? Uh, I'd like to say thanks to. What do you want? Do anything you want to plug? Yeah, the GQ thing. Look out for uh, yeah. The web show is called How to Be a Man. It's on G- uh, GQ uh, on the YouTube channel. It's on G- the GQ uh, GQ dot com. And then I the movie's coming out in January on Comedy Central. It's called Jason Nash is Married. Oh, I can't That's fucking it. wait to see that. Uh, you can in come January? over and see it. You can watch it right now. Really? I've, I've got to I've got to decide something about it. I'd love your opinion. Uh, definitely. And I have a screening. Everybody, you're going to be so excited. I have a screening for my documentary. I was going to ask you about that. What's yeah, going on with that? We, How'd it come I out? Get, uh, I haven't seen it yet. You haven't? I, give it, I, I said, here, full disclosure, at the very beginning, I said, I don't want this to be a fluff piece. Sure. I don't want to make something that just fucking strokes my ego. And if you let me be involved, I will just simply ask to do that. Right. I will want every great thing, right. no negativity. Right. And so I got two guys who that said they'll do you. exactly that. You're so and, smart to do that, Bert. And so people love that. So I had nothing to do. I mean, I, obviously, I raised all the money and I kind of ju- started the project. But then these guys are my partners in this, and they're pushing it forward. I say partners legally. We haven't decided who the fuck is it. No, I'm kidding. But uh, but we're we're put. They shot it. They edited it. Uh, and I will see it for the first time tomorrow. Um, I'm doing a podcast with Joey Diaz. <clears throat> Another one this week <clears throat> with Joey that'll come out next week. I'll probably talk about it with Joey on there after I've seen it. But then we have a screening in September, I think, for a select group of family and friends. And like, I would definitely want to come. Yeah, and so I'd love for you to come. Because I'm not going to ask them to change anything until other people have seen it. Right. And other people can give their perspective. Because I know there are going to be parts where I go, ugh, seriously? But if I believe if they find it interesting, it's interesting. So uh, so then it should it, that should be ready to go based you know on these notes it should be ready to go. Is your book all written? Book is written. I have one more story that uh, the beginning I won't read it to you only because it's in, behind me. You have one more story to write. I have one more story that I want to write, and it's based on my theory that drug dealers have the best houses to party in. Right. <clears throat> and I lived in an ex drug dealer's house uh, that was a Florida State teacher. So I'm writing that story now. Wow. And uh, yeah, he, he got busted. Very big uh, public case. Got busted selling crack and cocaine to the football players. And they're having sex parties in his house. He's a white history teacher. No. And then he got arrested. And he had tenure. And he bounced to upstate Minnesota. I'm sure he's turned state's evidence. And fucking ratted everybody out. And then disappeared in upstate Minnesota. But he had this house that he had. And he would rent it for 800 bucks a month to kids and my buddies got it and then they rented it to us they gave passed it on to us and when we lived in that house fucking chaos went down because it had that drug dealer energy in it yeah so like and so i'm i'm yaniv's gonna hear this he knows when this went out and he knows that i'm writing it but uh i uh am almost done with it i was supposed to give it to him today because we're done with the I book i would love to read that but yeah i know what you mean by drug dealer energy though that's yeah. i know exactly what you it's mean. got the it was kind of we had people that, that grew pot across the street from us and then i walked through the house after the cops raided it 
And it, it is a certain kind of energy. There's an energy. It's like it's like uh, you're like oh, I feel like a fucking concert poster should go on that wall. Yeah, you know, it's like a certain kind of energy. Yeah, is this where the elk house? The but also like a transient kind of energy too. Yeah, like like, a, like anybody, a, anything could go down. Anything yeah. could happen here. Yeah. yeah, and so that's the only other story that I wanted to add in. So I just wanted one more. Well, it's one more party story. Like one more, Good. you know. So you should definitely uh, write that story because I'm totally intrigued to hear that. Yeah, so uh, that sounds great. The house, the fucking, yeah, that place was interesting. He used to leave all his, he left all his shit because he had to bounce, so all his shit was in the attic. So like we what? Just, uh, everything. Everything. Uh, imagine if you were having sex crazed, drug fueled parties, oh, like a, and, like sex swings and stuff. Oh, fucking everything, and roller skates and like just like you know, you could just imagine this like firecracker speedo roller skate kind of party. And and we just go up and we'd sit in the attic and we'd read his books and we'd just fucking do mushrooms and fucking oh, trip out. But yeah, so you're mo- not I, you know, like how I just pulled this entire podcast back to me the entire time. So your movie is coming yeah. out in January on Comedy Central. Your uh, Jason Nash is married. This, the web show's out now. Andy Richter, Michael Ian Black, Andrea Savage. I'll have you do an episode next year. Mib, I can teach you how to be a man. About we'll go ride motorcycles. You know we have we, that would be really good. I have a place we could go. Oh, I had I went and took motorcycle. We could totally do that. That'll be a blast. There's yeah. a lot of shit. We could go skydiving. Oh my god! And then on Vine. And oh then yeah. If you follow me on Vine, that would be great. What is it? Just Jason Nash. Just Jason Nash. Yeah, I have um, sunglasses in the picture. Yeah, follow Jason on on Vine. And here's the best part: go to Jason's and follow whoever he follows. Cause whoever he follows is really good on Vine. That's how Vine works, people. Um, I apologize that I didn't put out a podcast last week. I hope you guys still love me. Uh, Joey Diaz is next week. I will be taping with him Friday. Uh, hopefully, we'll get Joe. Maybe might I haven't reached out to him, but maybe Joe while I'm in town this week. And then I'm in production, shooting trip flip, uh, tour date in Anchorage. I'm going to say the fifteenth. Let's just ballpark it. Fuck, phone's dead. Well, let's just hope it's the 15th. Uh, God. If it's a Saturday. Yeah. Jason, thanks so much for coming, man. I appreciate you doing this. This is, this is a blast, Bert. And thank you for having me on your podcast. You're welcome. That was the best. Let's see. The, the 15th of September? Is that a Sunday? I'm working on it. The 15th of September is a Sunday. That's when I'll be in Anchorage. One night only. God bless everyone. Jason, thank you again. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.